0: Will Ferrell knows Santa. Three trilogies conclude, and the most difficult to watch best picture of our lifetimes this week on
1: 302010. 302010, 302010, three decades every show sometimes associated with 302010, 302010, surprises and excitement. Yes, we're going to the 90s and 2000s and 2010s on
0: 302010. Hello everyone and welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine telling you all the cool movies, TV, video games, music, and more that came out 30, 20, and 10 years ago coming in hot after a brief delay, which I'm referring to as Halloween. It is officially Christmas if you're looking at the box office. <laughs> That's all it takes now. Um, yes, welcome to Christmas, uh, two months of Christmas. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista, who else is with me
2: i'm diana goodman and i believe in the four food groups candy candy corn
3: you sit on a throne of lies diana
2: and also syrup wait what's the other one candy canes there see this is why i'm not healthy i forgot the third food group
3: (laughs) and who else is with us why, Mr. Antista? Why? Why do you do it? Why? Why get up? Why keep fighting? Do you believe you're fighting for something? No. Something more than your survival? Can you tell me what it is? Do you even know? Is it freedom or truth? Perhaps peace? Could it be for love? Illusions, Mr. Antista? Temporary constructs of a feeble human intellect trying desperately to justify an existence without meaning or purpose. I'm JR.
0: I, I know a Look Who's Talking reference when I hear one. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm positive that's what's going on. Hello, everyone, and once again, also joining us as our patrons at patreoncom slash time. I hope you enjoyed all that uh, Evil Deadness over the holidays, cause it's over. If you hadn't heard it, there's still six episodes to enjoy, and it was really fun to hear your feedback. Evil Dead is—it's like I hear—I know hardcore Evil Dead fans, but some, sometimes they seem separate from horror fans. We neglect this wonderful series sometimes, and it's been great.
3: Uh, yeah really enjoyed doing the evil dead series i do encourage all of our listeners to give it a listen and if you're not a patreon subscriber consider chucking in a couple of bucks just to listen to it evil dead was perfect and i really think next year is going to be a real scream oh boy Um, i did two of those on halloween alone how did
0: that happen um okay welcome to thirty twenty ten, everyone Coming to you from the week of November 3rd through the 9th from 1993, 2003, and 2013. We're going to tell you all the cool stuff and anniversaries that occurred during that window. Uh, so get ready for the 1993 portion, 30 years ago. A little bit of news to remind you what is happening Elton John is awarded over $500,000 from the Sunday Mirror for a false report on his diet. I'm confused. Yeah. This, this is, is his so quote.
3: They printed a story which wasn't earth shattering, mm-hmm. but it wasn't true. I would have been accepted an apology much earlier if they had accepted it was fiction. So this is one of those cases where you publish something, and instead of just taking the loss, you dig your heels in, and then you lose a fortune. Was it, and it's they, really hard to get was, libel in Britain.
0: Exactly. What were they yeah. saying? He was eating jizz? Like, why Why sue him no. or whatever? <laughs>
2: They were saying, they said he was at a party and that people noticed that he was chewing food and then spitting it back out.
0: Oh, that's an eating disorder.
2: Yeah. And he had already talked about he had had bulimia. He has had disordered eating in the past. And then they admitted he wasn't at that party.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Oh, <laughs> nice fact uh, checking.
2: <laughs> good job, guys.
0: Oh, the Maror. Will you ever good learn?
2: Job. El- Ugh, British El- tabloids are so dumb.
0: I've never rooted so hard for a millionaire to take $500,000 away from someone, but here yeah. From the press. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Go for it. And um yes, this is a this is a great one. During uh this week 30 years ago, in the stateside, uh, during an Evander Holyfield match in Las Vegas, the fan man attempts to crash the ring uh, and is mistaken for a terrorist and is pummeled.
2: <laughs> okay, okay, so I was looking up which fight this was. This is Holyfield versus Riddick Bow for the heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. These are two gentlemen who I would never want to upset. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> they are both undefeated, and they are fighting for the world championship. They are really fucking scary boxers. And this is what you... You know what would be fun? If I got in the middle of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, why here? Why here? And uh, Evander himself has this to say on the incident. Was going through your mind when you saw that guy land on the ropes like that? Well, well,
1: it shocked me then because when he did, the the light started like this and uh, Curtis Mayfield had just got paralyzed
0: right same thing with the the, the thing fell down Oh, lights fell on him yeah yeah curtis mayfield he got paralyzed that way yes oh Mm -hmm. wow so that that's courtesy of uh bropra joe rogan um
2: right uh so the fan man if you don't know was a guy that he had like a little hang glider thing with a fan attached to it yes that would come interrupting now you know how
0: the boxing episode of the simpsons ends why it's based on that and yeah oh
3: I also think it's an important reminder that if you're going to interrupt a physical performance that requires a lot of coordination and where you have to be very careful, things can go wrong very quickly because you don't know what's going through these people's mind. They could think it's X, which you never even thought of because I guarantee you the fan man never went. I wonder if they're going to think it's like when that light fell and paralyzed that other boxer. And Evander uh, Fo- Holyfield singer. has... has... Curtis, Curtis
2: Mayfield was... Uh, I think there was a stack of amps, actually.
0: Yeah, uh, it might have yeah. been speakers, but uh, uh, Evander Fo- Holyfield in a fight has rules. He can hit yeah. you in the dick if you get in the ring. if It's one of my favorite things to watch because there is a style to wrestling that's let's say, is not real. When a fan enters the arena, back in the day, sometimes people would get stabbed or shot. So there is a no-mercy clause and if you look up a montage of fans entering a, a wrestling arena, you get the you can watch people go from those those pulled punches to real shit really really fast. You know what for 302010 listeners, you go ahead and, and run into a wrestling ring and um, a boxing ring, but nobody else should. And uh, make sure to mm-hmm. thank us. Uh, we just need the publicity. I'm just kidding. Everyone looks uncomfortable as if our listeners would do that. No, I'm sure yeah. they wouldn't.
2: No, I think it's it's a better idea to build a contraption that you can fly in from the sky. Go a couple thousand feet up and then fly down, especially doing that now after Hamas just did that. Wow That's a great idea You are going to get Shot out of the sky I meant to look
0: more Into fan Man. I think he has more Control And can he ascend I think he can He has the ability To ascend I think so So he thought He would be able Like Because otherwise He just looks like A normal parachuter Anywho Anywho Let's move on To the movies What an asshole Yeah Yeah what an asshole Uh, Movies of night uh, They're great pictures though It looks like A different decade Invading boxing Like (laughs) I'm from the future (laughs) (laughs) Um yeah, 1993 movies, November 3rd through the 9th, Nightmare Before Christmas is still number one, because how well-placed is this movie? I saw uh, some arguments raging on the internet, whether it's a Christmas or Halloween movie. It never matters, people, by the way. like That's just my
3: classification. I wouldn't watch it around Halloween. I would watch it around Christmas, no, but I don't watch wait it. Wait a minute. Chris, yes. are you telling me, people... On the internet, mind you. Yeah. Are you about things that don't matter? Yeah. I, I don't. It, it I, I, I was a
0: little bad. taken aback, but then it's like, it's just like that is Die Hard a Christmas movie thing. Like, I don't. If you want it yeah, to be. Yeah, if you want it to be. Yeah. I don't care. I, it, it gets screened in theaters every Christmas, so I'll go see it. So I've come to associate it with a Christmas tradition. But you could watch Die Hard anytime you want. It doesn't matter. It's hard for me to watch Christmas movies anytime I want. So for me, Die Hard's not so much a Christmas movie, but a Christmas. Moving on. To the movies, uh, because there's a lot to talk about here, like way too Mm -hmm. much. Ruby in Paradise first up with Ashley Judd, Dorothy Lyman, and Todd Field.
2: Did you know that uh, Naomi Judd's got another daughter?
0: I did. did. Because
2: this is the first time most people found that out, that there is another Judd, and she's a good actor. What the fuck? As long
0: as you're making the same movie every year for 20 years.
2: Well, this is not her, you know, getting... uh, (laughs) frame for murder or finding a killer or whatever. This is about her going to Panama City and getting a job.
3: Hell yeah. That's literally uh, the
2: whole ass movie.
3: Spring break. Panama City. The Damn. Redneck Riviera. I was just yeah. there. It was gorgeous. Gorgeous.
2: Yeah. It's literally <laughs> just about like a, a small town gal who just wants to find something else and she's just trying to make her way in this crazy world and also the director of TARS <laughs> because he used to be an actor.
0: Wow. Wow. But
2: yeah, Ruby in Paradise, it did really well in like the indie uh, festival circuit and stuff. And everyone was like, holy shit, Ashley Judd. Who knew? I didn't know there was another Judd. I, this was the start of her career.
0: You know, I'm taking that back. I was in Panama City a couple weeks ago for like some uh, friend reunion. I haven't been to the beach tourist area in so long. The most rednecky thing that happened we look out over the balcony and there's like 8,000 cops on the beach. And like, oh no, shut down the beaches. It's Jaws. And it it, it it turns out a guy ran away from police and swam into the water out further than he was supposed to. And they're like, he's, we legally have to stay here. And like, is he, do you think something happened to him? Like he's yipping at us every two minutes to let us know he's still <laughs> out there and moving. He taunted the police in the water. For, like, four hours. with He had a, drinks with him. <laughs> it, that, I haven't seen anything like that in so long. <laughs> so, yes, Redneck era it is earned. Earned.
3: Like, they can't come in and swim in you, so you could just stay out in the water forever? I think
0: forever. they'd have to call a different type of police. And like, But but it's also, like, by now, he has, like, wasted our time. I forget what that's called. But, like, you have committed a crime. Another crime. And you will be. It was, like, and it got so boring to just stay there because it's just, like, all you heard was, yeah, like out in the water, he was hanging on buoys, and I'm not. He's not out in a boat. He's just out with himself, just his body. Uh, but yeah, Panama City baby. spring break.
2: Yeah, I, so, I feel like yeah. There's a point where you call in the boat, right?
0: Yeah, I, we I just mean, didn't see it. They boats. He probably gave himself up before that happened because that that'll cost you some money, I believe, when the helicopters and boats come out because yeah. they they, tro- they patrol the police with helicopter with police helicopters during the day, just because. Mm-hmm more people drowned this year than any year behind climate change is a myth moving on um <laughs> anyway
2: ruby in paradise ruby in it's paradise. quite charming <laughs> uh
0: a home of our own with kathy bates and edward furlong the romantic comedy you didn't know you needed
2: ew yeah
0: big <laughs> ooh. Uh, not what kathy bates is beautiful how dare you diana
2: he plays her son oh
0: oh the t2 kid the brain scan kid
2: who did you think it was
0: i mean i just he's he's timeless to me he's always my age <laughs> Ew. Ew.
2: Ew! No, this is like a heartwarming story of this like super hard scrabble family that have absolutely nothing, and they like leave LA, and they're like, we'll just go until we find somewhere, and they find like middle of bumfuck Indiana or something, and they like literally are building their house because they're like homeless, and they're but they they're rich in love. Mm. I guess. I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't get around to it. It has a reputation being like, yeah, pretty good, but very, very heartstringy. Like, it's going to be very sentimental and she's too proud to take charity. We're going to do this on our own. Oh, actually, friends are good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyone get to it? No,
0: no, no there was too much oh, okay. to, to get to because I didn't get to this one, which I remember liking oh, as a kid, oh, which was part I, of the uh, Plane Crash trilogy of uh, movies. I are this one. We're concluding I'm Alive so, and Hero.
2: I am so happy to talk about this. I Normally, I only pull clips for like the top two or maybe three movies. I had to pull the ad for this because this one I am going to evangelize really hard
0: for. Yeah, I remember liking it back in the day. Tom Holtz, John Turturro, Rosie Perez, Isabella Rossellini, and uh, Jeff Bridges, the dude in Fearless. Surviving the crash of Flight 202 left Max Klein with an extraordinary sense of life.
1: You want to kill me, but you can't! The critics of Cold Fearless, a spellbinding visionary film. Fearless soars. You walked away from that crash with a taste and touch and beauty of life. Let me be part of it. Jeff Bridges, Isabella Rossellini,
0: and Rosie Perez. Fearless, directed by Peter Weir. Walked away with a, Josh, a copy of Joshua Tree as well. Good for him.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> Peter Weir, don't miss. Yeah. Yeah, this movie was fantastic fascinating like i it, i don't want it to be a tv show where it's every week but i could have watched another hour of this and been perfectly happy because yet is jeff bridges is on a business trip with his friend q from star trek next generation <laughs> and, <laughs> trick. And, and there's a horrible plane crash and he comes out of it okay
0: a lot of people don't
2: and a lot of a lot of people don't and he kind of it's not just like oh he reinv- he reinvested his life he feels alive he thinks that he can't die yeah, it's, now it's
0: like a mental and breakdown with a, a, a moment of clarity
2: yeah, yeah but it's... Like, everything is different now in a way where it's like he thinks he like he can't maybe he can't die but also like going back to his life feels wrong and he just he doesn't like he just doesn't he has no place now it's like he died so- but he's still here
3: He goes through what many people call a moment of awakening or enlightenment Mm -hmm. in religious terms. This is when the False veil of our reality is pulled away and the real nature of the human existence is exposed and it's supposed to again in religious terms Wash you in the truth of the universe which the human mind is not capable of understanding That's what I feel they were really trying to go for now Mm You can believe that's something real that happens to people if you want. You can also think that that's your brain getting broken in some way. Mm -hmm. And either way is, and I'm not saying either interpretation or right or wrong, but it is a powerful emotion. This is a man who thinks he's going to die and doesn't. Okay, and the writer of the novel that this movie is based upon was in a horrible, horrible car crash Mm -hmm. and had a moment where he thought, this is the point when I'm going to die. Obviously, he didn't die, but I have had a couple moments in my life where I've thought, I'm about Mm -hmm. to die with the same belief that I think 2 plus 2 equals 4. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is it. I am 100% dying right now. And it... uh, Affects you listeners. Yeah. You yeah. can <laughs> flash back to that moment for years or decades. And I have, I've flashed back to that moment a couple of times and it was almost 20 years ago. I was going to
0: say it, it got mine got went away because I did have the like, fuck this. I could die at any time. I'm going to take more care in everything I do. And I told like, it didn't even take a year before like that no. attitude was completely <clears> dissipated. It, it also involved, cars flipping over on the uh interstate the highway and I couldn't really get on them for a while now it's like I'm not going to a town without without an interstate or highway I will not it's too too convenient give it to me but yeah you can get right. over it too so like maybe don't jump off a building jeff ridges like <laughs>
2: well yeah. It's, yeah it's not that it's like the it's almost like he becomes really enamored with the feeling of almost dying yeah that's the thing he starts standing on the ledges of buildings he starts just walking through traffic and just not really looking and it's uh, and it's so funny that john torturo shows up and plays a psychiatrist in this because like oh my god just seeing them sitting together <laughs> what, 15 <laughs> years before big lebowski just
1: thinking,
2: I, don't worry. I just they're sitting together on a plane i'm just like you like coen brothers yeah uh, i like Cohen brothers
0: oh, uh, don't fuck with the jesus i didn't even put that uh, together I, yeah,
2: I was so happy. But um yeah, I I just as like I knew this movie, I had never seen this movie, even though I, I oh, really I'm really close to just watching every Peter Ware movie now. Yeah. Um because yeah, the guy never misses. But I'd heard, oh, it's about a guy and he recovers from a plane crash. And it was such a different version of what I was expecting. And how like these emotions make sense. They're just like, you know, after the crash. Uh, the, the cops are there and the firefighters And he just gets a cab and just leaves He's like I just don't I'm going to go take a shower at a hotel now I don't want to be for Dealing with this anymore I guess I'll just get home I suppose um, Oh my friend lives nearby maybe I'll stop by And it's like he's trying to move on with his life But he also thinks that maybe m- Maybe he's this. He's dead maybe this is all borrowed time Like he's he can do what he wants now He's, he's actually a ghost, just hasn't kicked in.
3: You know, that's kind of why I personally, in the interpretation of this film, lean towards the interpretation that his brain is broken mm-hmm. because he walked across traffic and survived. Okay, let's say there's a 1% chance you're going to die if you just start walking across a busy traffic line. Mm. Yep. That is horrible odds. That uh, is <laughs> god-awful odds. But 99% of the time, you're not going to die. <laughs> but, you know, so, okay, He wasn't one in a hundred in that instant. He's still being stupid. He is still just being an insane person. And his poor wife, that is the, I, this is a big recommend for me. Mm -hmm. My Mm -hmm. only complaint is I genuinely don't think they treat the wife with enough respect. Uh, It's never shown to be like how difficult it is for her and that she has very valid complaints. I don't think the movie's on her side
2: i i thought it kind of was just like her like we're so happy that you know you're back you didn't leave us oh god we thought you were dead and he like barely relates to his family now he's off sort of somewhere else and she's like i i want to share this with you he's like you have a new lease on life and i want to be a part of it and he's like i don't think you can
3: right but i don't think the movie really judges him on that do you think the movie is saying what a horrible person he's being for that
2: I don't think it's judging him on anything. Okay. I think that's, it's up to us to like, yeah, I understand both of their points of view right now, like really well. And then, you know, he finds a new focus in connecting with Rosie Perez. Who's, you know, another person who was on the plane who lost her baby. She's like catatonic. And he, it's like, he's the only person that she wants to talk to in the end, because she's the only, he's the only one who's not telling her all the other things that everyone else is telling her about grief and, mm-hmm dealing with it and what god wants and he's in a better place now blah blah, blah. and uh she's fucking great she pulled an oscar nomination for this
0: hose that's pretty nuts rosie
2: perez oscar nominee
0: uh, yeah I that was, she's been nominated before hasn't he didn't she get no one, oh no no, no. white man can't I, I mean, jump would, or do the right thing got her nominated for something i would have
2: thrown her in maybe for do the right thing but mm-hmm. yeah uh she's she's really good but like they're coping in ways that we would say are unhealthy, but they're also coping. And it was just, it was so interesting. It just brought up so many different things that I didn't even think of. And it also shows, it's also a very nice mid nineties San Francisco movie. So it reminds me of what the city (laughs) looked like when I moved here, he walks onto the central freeway, which was closed because the earthquake fucked it up. And then we tore it down. Thank God. And that was pretty cool to be like, Oh, remember we had that shitty freeway. Fuck that freeway.
0: Yeah. It's a park underneath. Ah. Well, Yeah, if you get
2: fearless, fearless is a huge recommend for me. I was so happy I watched it.
3: Is it is it the superior movie compared to Alive and Hero?
2: (laughs) Ooh, that's. mm.
1: I mean, I I,
3: I was almost gonna post the Simpsons clip of uh, Homer showing those three movies to Marge to get her over her fear of flying because there was that string of really brutal uh plane crash movies. They're and, and yeah. they're all they're all PG and they all
0: had almost the exact same box at the video store. So I rented all of them and they were all a little more adult than I was ready for. So mm. I but they connected yeah, with me.
2: This this plane crash sequence and how much because this is a uh, this is for realsies, you know, when they, they show a plane out in a field and there's people everywhere, that's, that's, no CGI guys, they really just cut up a plane and put it in a field. Mm. And it, looks it is so amazing. It's it a real really scary crazy. sequence. Any
3: plane crash I can think of over the last 10 years. Yeah, because once yeah. Alive
0: started sucking uh, backseat passengers out of Broken Tail, every movie did it. Mm. Find new ways for this to be scary.
2: Yeah, though this was, it was very scary because it was so first person of just like, there's light coming in that's not supposed to be there. Mm. I'm assuming that's a giant hole. Oh, I don't think there's a roof anymore. Uh, Poop. Well, yeah. if if you. Fearless. So good.
0: If you've had a near death experience and you're an upper middle class white guy, do what. The responsible thing, auto-erotic asphyxiation. It'll really help you out and bring you near death all the time. You'll reconnect you it every time you about? do the thing. What? Am I recommending Shut too up. many lethal things this week? I apologize.
2: What? Um, I would think I that, have... no, you should get your lease on life back with talking dogs.
0: Talking dogs. Uh Two trilogies What kind of
2: segue was that? No, don't tell people to kill themselves. Stop it.
0: I mean... I, didn't think some, anybody Bad. had to Coast, toast no biscuit no uh, <laughs> no uh, one of the worst movies I've ever seen but also fascinating like I love this is what one of the actors does before Pulp Fiction and his career totally turns around uh, Diane Keaton Danny DeVito Christy Alley and of course John Travolta and look who's talking now The Art of Parenting
1: I don't want to go to bed I went to bed last night is knowing when to
0: say yes let go when to say and when to walk the dog. Bad dog just mark that spot oh well i'll do it again tomorrow john travolta yes. Kirsty alley with the voices of danny devito and diane keaton show wing. they like
3: each other mongrel ah, put a sock in it look who's talking now
0: reddit black i i my my only fond memory of this is i thought it was danny devito and rhea perlman Playing a dog, playing dogs that fall in love, and I, I had no idea it was Diane, Diane Keaton, until this episode. Because why would no. I watch this again? Holy shit!
3: No, <laughs> no. no. You know no. what
2: this does have though? It does have a very special, special honor. Zero percent on Rotten mm. Tomatoes.
3: Ah, uh, I zero
2: love zero out of twenty-five reviews. No one had one nice thing to say.
3: I mean, it- I love the zero percent from the 1990s before internet reviews took off because it's like every one of these reviews is from a professional film critic and you know that not one of them would say yes to this yeah no
0: yeah no
2: this is pointless they're not
0: nostalgic for the first two and like i grew up in an era where look who's talking one and two were fantastic and i love them and, and we reviewed them here and like i still had a good time with them this like you can't even do voiceover for baby. You can't go from baby to dog. That's not, just call it a different movie.
2: <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why they didn't keep with the babies. Now they're toddlers, or you know, I guess it's. I guess they're there's they're an not. age where babies can start talking, but they start yeah. talking in basic sentences, and it's like maybe their thoughts are. But much they more don't have to tell
0: us th- this many years has. Pe- kirstie Alley and John Travolta look the same. It's only been yeah. like two years. That it, yeah, it doesn't have to be in real it's time. It's been three
2: months. Yeah, it's been it three months matter. since the last one. No one's gonna know you sub in different babies. You get I, But up. I'm sure I the know.
0: logic was like, not everybody has babies, but almost everybody's been a dog owner. We should. No. We should do that's
2: it. That's not it. even true. Yeah, this is stupid and as stupid as I have dogs and why they end up with two dogs. Uh, bonus points for, I'm not fucking watching this, but I, I will read the synopsis and find out, oh, the dog saved them from a wolf attack at the end. (laughs) I was not expecting a wolf attack in my Look Who's Talking movie.
3: Well, I mean, that happened in your 80s comedies. I mean, you (laughs) never remember the heroine in Three Men and a Little Baby, but it's there. It's true. true.
2: (laughs) Was there a wolf attack and I forgot about it?
3: no uh i
2: want wolf attacks in all my movies now
0: it just what a shitty reason to exist fuck uh, you as is man uh
2: fuck this one yeah so bad yeah dude. this one
0: i'm a, a little more angry at but i i've had so little interaction with it i I tested it for about 40 minutes and i'm like this is exactly how i remember it is um and that's fine jill Hennessy, rip torn nancy allen returning uh, but not uh, oh, I forget, Peter Weller We got Robert John Burke Instead As RoboCop In RoboCop 3 477
2: to dispatch We have a code
1: 3
0: RoboCop The state of the art Police officer No loitering In law enforcement technology
1: I thought your ninja Was supposed to take care Of RoboCop for me
0: RoboCop 3 Back to fight the system, rated PG thirteen. Okay,
2: what are you talking about? Yeah, back to fight the system. He is the system. That's the point of RoboCop. <laughs> that he is the system. Yeah. He is a symptom of a corrupt system. And by the end of the first move, he gets some self awareness, but and he kills some of the bad guys. But he goes back to doing his job.
3: No, that's that's why RoboCop one is so so genius Wonderful. because yes. the. Bad guys win in Robocop one. That's that's the future where the bad guys have won, and at the end of it, they're still in charge. Yeah. They yeah. just killed the particular bad
2: guys. Same as the old that, the, yeah, boss. Yeah, but the he particularly screwed well, with
3: it.
0: Well, I, I I saw the director of this say like it 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 was kind of a bummer that the only arc you can have with the character of Robocop is fully explored in the first movie. He mm. gets self-awareness, realizes what happened to his family, and there's like kind of know where to go if the only thing you can do is make him a more badass cop with better weapons and fewer rules yeah.
3: which they do they give him a machine gun mm-hmm. hand a uh flamethrower hand and a jet pack which is you know peak 90s writing the script to sell toys yep. yeah yeah
2: just uh and to see like oh my god we are right back to rising sun territory in that ocp or the big corporate bad guys they've been bought by the japanese who's represented yeah. by mako again yeah. and at the end it turns out oh the japanese company is bad but that particular old man was okay
0: fuck you the movie also feels old as piss cuz it sat on the shelf for a very very long time um uh, and uh. it, it, it's uh co-written I don't know if he's created by Frank Miller, yeah. the guy who was kind of revolutionizing comics at the time and dabbling in Hollywood. This chased him away until sin city because the studio's like, you got turned. This shouldn't be rated R. And I could right. see an argument what? for RoboCop not being rated R, but just because I consider that no. first one lightning in a bottle, like it, it, the violence is why it's great. It is why it's enjoyable on an intellectual and a, and a turn your brain off. Kind of way, whatever mood. I always say that RoboCop is kind of the perfect movie. It's not my personal number one favorite. I've never not enjoyed it. I've never seen almost anyone not enjoy it. It's a wonderful film, and and it has a lot to say.
2: this is so dumb so yeah frank miller co-wrote robocop 2 which mm-hmm. has some good parts but overall didn't really work for me pretty horrible he too. then <laughs> he kind of took some of the stuff that they cut they wouldn't let him do in robocop 2 and put it here in robocop 3 which then they cut a whole bunch of stuff because frank miller he liked violence mm-hmm. and they're telling him to go pg-13 so i guess there is a graphic novel adaptation of
1: what I, his have, original script I have i have read it
0: it's it's not uh any more memorable really
3: like especially Mm. this many years later it's like oh this would have been a perfect robocop film robocop is a common name you can make that name and people will know what you're talking about it and there's only ever been one good piece of media about him one good movie Mm -hmm. no good video games no good comics that i've seen New one came out this week it's doing Never mind. Back to what you're saying. <laughs> no, no, no. I haven't played the new one. So I, no, guess no, I, guess I know. I, I don't think it's doing that, very. But... We're getting reviewed great either. But yeah, yeah. He's been in tons of stuff. But the only truly exceptional piece of media, the appearance, and that's it. All the others have been pass. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Worth ignoring.
0: Where else are you going to get a good take on dystopian corporate fascism other than a guy who survived the Holocaust? It's just, (laughs) we were very lucky with RoboCop 1. It could have easily been something else entirely, but that is why it's memorable. And if I never said my history with it, my parents wouldn't let me watch this shit. Are you kidding? Too violent. (laughs) So, like, I discovered RoboCop. I think I saw a TV edit of it, didn't really get it, and then Criterion, it was like, the fifth criteria on Blu-ray. Like, this movie's fucking important. Fuck all y'all. Um, and I bought that one, and it was the first time the Rated X one was commercially available. It might have been on Laserdisc. Please don't fucking make a comment. Uh, but yeah, that we fell in love with it and watched it all the time at 17-year-olds. So like, as a more discerning moviegoer, this, I hated this and like tried to forget it existed and pretty much had mm-hmm. the same experience. But then looking into it, I mean, o- Orion, the movie company, was such a huge part of, of my childhood, my film, my film rearing, um, and have been coming off. They made Dances with Wolves and Silence of the Lambs. They're going yep. bankrupt, so they had to keep and they're this, bankrupt. <laughs> they had to keep put this movie on the shelves for two years, and it what it's not, This movie marks kind of the end of Orion. They're still mm-hmm. around and you'll still see their logo like the, they made Bill and Ted but they've been purchased and re- but this is this is the end of them being able to self-finance movies and being able to self-finance mm-hmm. movies is how you got Ram... the same studio made Rambo Bill they were a micro studio Rambo yep. Bill and Ted Silence of the Lambs uh RoboCop it seems crazy that output comes from the same company because they're also wildly different but it to me it defined the 80s and early 90s and this is Again, they made stuff before and after this, but this is kind of the Swan Song. This is one of their biggest franchise movies and it tanks. And it's it's Ooh, effectively yeah. the end the end of Robocop until the remake, which is arguably even more forgotten. <laughs> mm. But he lives True. on in in TV shows and Japanese chicken commercials. So Robocop We Hardly Knew Ye.
2: Yeah, fuck Robocop 3. And
0: okay.
3: do not recommend.
0: I probably should have watched this next movie. Because the next movie, I haven't mentioned this in a while. Jurassic Park made little Chris fall in love with movies. So he'd go to Blockbuster, any rental store, every week, rent as much as he can. He'd go over to friends' houses. Like, did your parents rent movie this week? I got to see everything that comes out. This is the first movie. I'm like, I hate this, and I don't I, like. <laughs> this is so boring. Like, somebody better get naked. And <laughs> I hate this so much. I asked my parents to turn it off. Uh, they were enjoying it. Gwyneth Paltrow, James Con, Meg Ryan, Dennis Quaid. It's an interspace reunion, uh, flesh and bone.
2: My family. They were lost when I was a baby. Well?
0: She is the only witness to murder. He is her only protection from the past.
1: I'd forgotten about the baby. Dennis Quaid, Meg Ryan, James Caan. It's a shame, really. So sweet. Almost innocent. Oh, my God. But you know how I feel about it. Flesh and
0: ball Rated R. Starts. Uh, well, yeah.
2: They made this sound a lot more exciting than it was. <laughs> it's a much. No, it's a slow drama. It's by Steve Cloves, who at this point had done Fabulous Baker Boys and ends up being the guy who, like, does all of the good Harry Potters. <laughs> pretty mm. much. He becomes Mr. Harry Potter writer guy. Um, So it's interesting that, like, he would want to do some sort of, like, Western noir kind of thing About you know is Folks what done a murder back in the day During a robbery And, and uh, you know to son You know Walk around team and then uh, you know The kid goes up to be Dennis Quaid And he doesn't want to have anything to do with James Cott anymore And then uh, The past comes back to haunt them In the form of 21 year old Gwyneth Paltrow in her first decent sized role
0: Snore <laughs> I, I <laughs> Uh, yeah, hey, I just, it's, it's one of those vivid memories I have of like, oh my God, why did we pick this? When is this going to be over? We only have one screen in the whole house and it's being taken up by flesh and bone.
2: Well, did you not think that the show is an opportunity to reevaluate it with grown up eyes?
0: I know, I know. I just got distracted by other stuff and dived on a grenade for this show. That really, really, really might be the worst thing I've ever experienced.
2: Okay. It's, I, it, I'll give you it. All
0: right. It's, it's, it's awful <laughs> that, that, that I wouldn't expect. So, I, I yeah, I, I ate my vegetables this week, and it wasn't going to be okay. for flesh and bone because, like, right. nobody loves this fucking movie.
2: Nobody loves it. It's, like, yeah, the best thing anyone has to say about it. Like, it's fine. It's okay. It's an all right little movie. It's a, it's a thriller. That's what they it's said 30 of, years ago. Yeah, it's more of a mood piece than it is based on, a, you know, twisty-turny plot or anything. Everyone's real good in it. Yeah, it's fine. That's what they said about Fearless, and Fearless, like, you know, totally blew my socks off so maybe i'm super wrong i don't know we have a lot to get through
0: okay yes let's move on to television of 1993 30 years ago november 3rd to the 9th a debut let's just open it with a theme and see if people strikes a chord with anybody a current president um (laughs) hint
1: (laughs) she was working in a bridal shop in flushing queens till her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her fanny. So over the bridge flash into the Sheffield's door,
0: What is the show? I'm not gonna give you the rhyme. I'm not gonna give you the rhyme. <laughs> fanny rhymes with what? It is the nanny.
3: The nanny. I gotta ask, why did it need that backstory? Why couldn't she have just been a nanny with that personality?
0: Uh, I think they're they're highlighting their, her desperation, and I never thought mm-hmm. of that until Joel explained the MST3K theme song. Have you heard them do that? And mm-hmm. it's like it's what nope. TV thought it had to do back in the day because like people aren't familiar with Gilligan's Island. We must explain why everybody is here and wh- why everybody is the way they are. So he's like, that mystery science theater. He's like, I don't want to explain why they're stuck in space every week or there to be a plot. But so the theme song has to tell you everything. What yeah. I find more silly is like, I was a little kid, like watching this, like Fran Drescher, this woman from UHF, is the most attractive woman I have ever seen. And I feel like they dress her silly because mm-hmm. they need to highlight why this guy would not be interested in her. Because they're so from different sides of the tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: they have to yeah. explain this because she has no natural inclination towards child care. Mm-hmm. She just sort of okay. ends up being there, you know, and she's she's got a big personality. She's got big hair. She's got big nails. You know, she's she's a character, which I ever since this is Spinal Tap, I've been in love with Fran Duscher, And I kind of want to grow up to be her. And, <laughs> wow. and, uh, I guess in that like sense, they succeed- I love it. Love it. And I was so glad, like, up, oh, everyone else caught on you know, on this, you know, fairly doofy, basic ass sitcom. But she's so good. And boy, they did have fun with the, the fashion, though. So there are whole blogs dedicated oh, to yeah. how insane her clothes yeah, are. Yeah, her clothes look
0: like a Nickelodeon game show set half the time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People like Tuned in just to see what she was going to be wearing that week because that was a draw in 1993. It's it's why it demanded high definition. It it commanded it to come <laughs> into existence.
0: I have we can't even see some of these colors. They're so they're so out there, and
3: uh, yeah, went on for six not seasons. Found in nature, orange only found in New Jersey, orange. And and
0: yep. it sucks because we had uh we had on the show Fran Drescher was coming on to talk about it. But she's heading up the SAG After Strike and can't promote anything. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: we almost had her, man. We almost had her. Uh she she passes on her apologies and says, Don't watch this because she can't promote it. Um right. it is kinda sad the thirtieth anniversary is gonna go by and like she can't do anything because she's extremely busy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I I loved right when the the SAG strike started. The clip of from the nanny of her refusing to cross a picket line immediately went viral, and it's like she she's always been there for us, <laughs> always. It's Like I can't cross a picket line; my grandmother's ghost will kill me.
0: Uh, but the nanny, the nanny is one of those shows that I, I never loved, but it was I liked it enough that I love that people remember it. Because uh, yeah. it, didn't get, it didn't get rebroadcast a lot into my eyeballs. And then, like, say the next show, I watched a ton of it and want all that time back. I want it all back. <laughs> Give it all to me. Why did I watch so much of the ABC show debuting this week, George, starring George Foreman, a man who is not an actor? He, <laughs> he became very affable. But, like, I just remember watching this like, wow. Wow. Anybody can be in a funny sitcom. <laughs> George, George Foreman's sitcom. I probably watched every episode of it because when I saw how many episodes they aired, like I felt like this was on for years. It's you're probably it, it, like I'm... a third of their viewership Chris. I think so. I think so. But we, we, yeah. we I don't know uh, we, when we didn't have cable we would have issues and what channels picked up depending on what weather. It usually got better at night, but I just remember like I was at the whim of whatever came in came was the reception was good, and usually it was ABC or NBC. Um, Fox, so hard, man. I had I had adjust antennas on a black-and-white television. Kids, don't be like me. Uh, yeah. nah, we don't need to talk anymore about that because on CNN, Larry King moderates a debate between Ross Perot and Al Gore on the Amer- North American Free Trade Agreement NAFTA, watched by 11 million households, the largest ever audience for CNN, and I bet by moderating, Larry King was quiet for two hours.
3: <laughs> <laughs> if I know his interview but yet, style, CNN has really fallen. Their average rating these days, guess.
0: Oh, it's like I've had it. We've had podcasts that in YouTube videos that get more views than CNN
3: mm. uh, in prime yeah, time. They average about four hundred thousand viewers. It's
0: so. Oh yeah, it's like how are these people millionaires again? Like, why do people make fun of influencers for making money? Anderson Cooper gets probably gets like an eight-figure salary to be watched by fewer people than most tiktokers what Hmm. the hell see and I don't remember watching this at all I don't even remember an SNL parody of this
2: oh I remember the SNL parody.
0: oh wait no that's coming together once I put Daryl Hammond in there yeah
2: he's got he's got graphs Ross brought graphs Ross really wants to talk about the giant sucking sound of jobs leaving America from Mexico (laughs) and i'm not a giant sucking sound google it that was the quote that was the mm -hmm. only thing anyone remembers from this
0: and uh two tv movies i you know you tell me stephanie powers and robert (laughs) ragnar robert wagner return to heart to heart and heart to heart returns i only know the show exists because uh uh what's his name from Parks and Rec did a remake of it in like the second episode uh, of the greatest show in television history.
2: Right. Yeah. Heart to Heart was the, you know, sexy detective couple show that ended in 1984. But this is back a period where it's like, yeah, we could just do TV movies of these things that you liked. Oh, no, and, you know, low commitment.
3: And I think Brockmeyer was there the star of the Filipino so version. many of these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any yeah. time there was like some show from the 60s, 70s, or even 80s where it was just like, people know this because of cable. Mm-hmm. Why not bring them all back? They're not doing anything else. I mean, it's still nope. happening with us. They 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 launched several t- streaming
0: wow. channels with reunion programming just designed to get people people who really really cared about television back in. Yeah. Uh, have
3: any of you watched fraser yet?
0: No. Nope. No.
2: Nope. No, I mean, okay. I, I actually I actually I'm I love David Hyde Pierce too much.
0: I actually tried cuz they they, you know, I wake up with my morning coffee and just throw YouTube on my phone or something. And they put the first episode there and like, this is unrecognizable.
3: (laughs) Hmm. There's no point. I get that, but it's Frazier was unrecognizable from cheers. It's true. I mean, who's this guy? He's away from Boston. He's not even in a bar anymore. It's true.
0: But I, my respect for Frazier, it took like 25 years to gestate if it takes anywhere near that amount of time, I might not get this to this till I'm on my deathbed and I, nothing will make me sign up for Paramount plus again. Holy shit. Does that streaming <laughs> service suck a mountain of content? We're available for sponsorships. Change my tune. Uh, also out this week, TV movie, Zelda. Don't get excited. Um, it is Natasha Richardson and Timothy Hutton.
2: Yeah. Believe me, giggling, <laughs> the thing is, pain in the ass. Zelda 1993. Oh, did you mean that? No, I did not mean the legend of Zelda.
0: Hmm.
3: <laughs> 1993 jr definitely got a little excited i saw tv guide or my local newspaper zelda movie oh my god there's only been one zelda ever this must be the game yeah Corey feldman's gonna be link it's gonna be so
2: rad no okay wait who's that scott fitzgerald why is his (laughs) wife drinking so much uh, uh, but but then someone's going to get hit on the head and they're going to be transported to Hyrule. No. no.
3: It's, it's a, <laughs> I want to see that crossover.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, that would be a great April Fool's misdirect. I, God, somebody should make that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, But yes, the Zelda Fitzgerald TV movie. Yep. Oh, oh my God. But moving on to games, let's talk about some PC stuff coming out this week. I've never heard of this. The Amazon Trail
3: Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you think. Yeah. It's instead of going on the trail to Oregon. It's pronounced Oregon. You're in the modern day. Thank you. <laughs> you're in the Willamette Valley. You are uh, instead going to explore the Amazon to find exotic plants that can cure diseases. Because that was what the Amazon was for. I, growing up in the 1990s, yeah. just, we must save the Amazon because there could be the cure for AIDS there. Right. There's a mm-hmm. frog there that can get you high, change drugs forever.
2: <laughs> yep. They made a whole Sean Connery movie about it.
3: Yes, yes. It's you know. important. Um, uh, but the game has this wonderful voiceover.
1: I
2: am I'm Anne, an American botanist. I work for an American pharmaceutical company. I'm looking for rainforest plants that can be used from I just returned from a three-month
0: trek. <laughs> like it's, this can't be AI thirty years ago,
3: um, but it's it's
0: not good enough to be a human.
3: I, I I don't want AI to replace actors. I really don't. AI is better than that voice acting, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, your your free service that you pay nothing for would give you a better voice acting job yeah. than most '90s voice acting. Yeah. And ooh, great! More
0: more clips. Oh uh, uh, more God. clips. Star Trek Judgment Rights hits PC.
3: Ooh. Ooh. So this is the last time the original cast collaborates on anything. Wow! You've got oh, one wow. in the original Star Trek, reply, reprising their Star Trek roles as their normal characters, and they weren't all in the booth at the same time. No, you know, you get Shatner on one day, Nimoy on the next, but this perfectly captures the original series and it's a continuation of it. They're all young. You know, they're not old Mm. fossils like in the, uh, final Star Trek movies with them on discovered country. They are all at their prime and having the adventures that they didn't have the budget to do on 1960s television, but it captures the spirit of the original show. So great. There's one scene. I couldn't find a clip of it. Uh, Spock says to Kirk, our odds of surviving this are 1,237 to 1. And Kirk says, well, that's better than most of our odds. And Spock says, I've taken our history of defying the odds into account. Otherwise, the odds of our survival would be 123,448 to 1. Uh, He gets lucky sometimes. Yeah, but uh, Nimoy does tell you a little bit about what the point of this game was going to be. Oh, When Star
0: Trek first appeared on television in 1966, there was no such thing as a personal computer. The viewer could get no closer to Gene Roddenberry's world than his or her imagination. Now, however, computer technology allows anyone who owns a computer to not just watch, but to participate in the adventures and interact with the
3: crew of the Enterprise. Wow, and anybody who has 50 grand can get me
0: to do a voice on it. (laughs)
3: your 486 is gonna put you right in the driver's
0: seat just like I mean it's it is funny that you because like the same problems in adapting Star Trek into a movie are some of the problems with a game like it is about exploring and nothingness and diplomacy not about
3: lasers and flying fast and and that's why i think it works better as a graphical adventure game which yeah. this is you know you're not just doing straight up combat like a lot of games and i would heartily recommend this game to anyone who has nostalgia for the original series and just wants to love have a few episodes that you have never seen before i love it's, it when it's shit a like that it is
0: cuz games games mm. have done that for a couple decades now that will occasionally have the last like the ghostbusters game which i kind of load up every Every uh, year or so for Halloween, it's got your last four Ghostbuster performance, um, and a lot of it. And it's great that it's there. Companions of Xanath is on PC, and it doesn't sound in any way
3: generic or placeholder as a name. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so the Companions of Xanath is a huge fantasy series. Like There are 30 books in it, something ridiculous about that. The weird thing is the Xanath books take place in the world of Xanath. Okay. Someone from that world writes down their adventures and then they get smuggled to our world. So it's like if in a Star Trek episode, they went back to 1968 and turned on the television set and there was Star Trek and they go at one step further in this game. Uh, you play the character Doug who is playing the Xanath computer game. <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> okay.
3: That's confusing. Yes, it's, mo- t- it's meant to be.
2: Okay. I am really confused by the next game's title, and I would kind of like to sue everyone involved mm-hmm. in it.
0: Yeah, it's per- perhaps the weirdest celebrity endorsement of all time, Daryl F. Gates Police Quest open season.
2: Okay, Daryl Gates and open season are two <laughs> things I never want to hear next to police yeah. Ever. I mean, what the okay? So Daryl Gates, if you don't remember, he was the head of the LAPD. He fucking sucked. He was wicked racist, and that's why they were goddamn riots. He finally had to leave after you know, big chunk of the city burned down. What a year or two ago? And now some video game company is putting his name on a point and click like detective game that's, that's,
3: about cops. I just want to point it out gets that's better, better, Diana, because he'd been in these games in the past in the fictional city of Lytton California this game they decided no we're moving this to Los Angeles yeah but that's
0: that's that's how uh-huh. disreputable games were they kind of got cast off celebrities that was kind of their thing at this point that's, but then
2: it's called open season I understand I reading reading that it's it's probably called open season because it's about a serial killer and he's killing all kinds of random people but it sounds like when I hear Daryl Gates in Open Season, it's, hey, there's a black guy walking. He needs a life sentence and a beating. His and apparently, oh, yeah. there were some real minority stereotypes in this sucker.
0: And l- 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 this is not just any game. Co- this is like a, one of the leading PC game makers. But this mm. is like Matt John Madden was the biggest football star they could get to headline a video game. Daryl Gates was available no. because the reason he was Damn. known for were all bad reasons.
3: <laughs> he was known And it one. is an interesting cop game because it's not like you're super cops from Lethal Weapon. You have to follow police oh, procedure sucks. in this video game. I remember one,
0: one of the games had a manual the of the only... hand signals you do outside of a door before you break <laughs> it down.
2: What? what? This what? Is... For a warrant, I have probable cause. He looked at me funny. Yeah.
3: This is the only game... I aware of where if you harass your female co-workers, you get a game over. What? Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't certain things
3: I'm very that. strict about. I'm Daryl Gates.
2: Oh yeah. That's fine.
0: Yeah, and he would he would go uh, he would stay with the series die for quite a while. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, no, it wasn't no, no, just no. a one-time thing. Uh and then for all no, you no, Sim no. fans out there, Sim
3: Farm is out. No, not Farmville, Sim Farm. <sighs> I got so into SimCity and mm-hmm. SimCity 2000, especially the Super Nintendo SimCity. It was just my jam. It was like perfect. And you ever like have a relationship with a piece of media that is so strong and so bright that you buy future editions just hoping to chase that dragon a little more. And mm-hmm. every time the dragon just gets further away, Yeah. further away. Yeah. That was Sim Farm and pretty much <laughs> all the non SimCity Sim games. It was just like, uh, but I I I wanna feel something. Mm. Give me an emotion like I did in SimCity when I reached a megalopolis, please. No.
0: no. No. now now you have too many pigs and you're gonna have to slaughter them selectively. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so says the government. <laughs> uh, sim Farm, you congrats, you've reached a level where we'll pay you not to make corn. And,
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you get government subsidies in there and stuff that'd be cool
3: that's a good question
2: tax yeah. breaks and different yeah they're, oh, they're propping up the price of soy Ooh. time to sell
3: oh, we're about
0: to lose willie nelson's playing a concert for us and, <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh okay then jumping right. on the uh,
2: woodstock wants to hold a concert here oh. <laughs> we better spread all the manure right now
0: oh shit you, you hired the hell's, hell's Angels uh, moving on to music of 1993, uh, November 3rd to the 9th, both sides by Phil Collins. I'm still angry at his music and Brother Bear, so I can't delight in that. Uh, the Buddha of Suburbia by David Bo- David Bowie David Bowie. Uh, so Natural by Lisa Stansfield. Twelve Play the debut of R. Kelly. Timeless. Uh, the Color hey. of My Love by Celine Dion. Remember, uh, Remember two things. The debut of the Dave Matthews Band. Swing But a Swing by K7. Uh, midnight Marauders by A Tribe Called Quest and Enter the Wu-Tang's 36 Chambers uh, by the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, which are both on Rolling Stone's Top 500 list. We will close out with i Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that by Meatloaf. And,
2: <laughs> I told you it was coming. When we saw Back at a 2 coming out like a month ago. It was like, you know what's coming. Ugh. You know what is coming. That Jim Shaman piano is going to go crazy.
0: And This was like right when I got a radio too and like I hope we move beyond this. I'm so tired of hearing. Going out with Meatloaf. Don't move. we got a lot to talk about when we get back.
3: Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries, and more from the LaserTime Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support
0: this show on Patreon.com lasertime It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the LazerTime network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste.
3: The 1980s were the golden age of mean hard R comedies.
0: I think I was remembering my sanitized commercial television viewings because, like, Beverly D'Angelo is naked for like no reason, and I totally forgot about that. I have
3: forgotten all
2: about that because that shocked me too. I was like, "Wait a minute, she we see her boobies a couple of times." I don't remember that.
0: This might be a fact. This is the fourth National Lampoon movie. I was shocked to find that out because there's two I have never seen or heard of between Animal House
3: two that are kind of lost. One of them is called uh, National Lampoon Goes to the Movies. And class then, Reunion. Hmm, class
2: Reunion, yeah, that's right. I think this is the last movie that, where it's clearly defined, like, Harold Ramis is involved in this in some way, like, we have some DNA of people who yeah. worked the National Lampoon Magazine, mm-hmm. and now it's just kind of like anything goes. Now well, it's th- kind of it, like stoner frat
0: comedies, but not always. They, it's really weird. The company doesn't exist, and they sold the name of, to put on shitty movies that are like already being made i believe and they okay. just they'll affix the national lampoons i guess the r is for the, the magazine's reputation itself it was pretty <laughs> fucking edgy for for its time get bonus time a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every tuesday starting for just five dollars on patreon.com slash Coming in with Fallen by Sarah McLaughlin off of Afterglow. Grab a puppy, get your cry on. Oh, um, welcome welcome to 2003. 20 years ago, the meat in a 30 2010 sandwich, uh, November 3rd through the 9th. Other new music releases that, uh, 20 years ago include The Eternal Cowboy by Against Me. Or Against Me, you got to pronounce that exclamation point. Gravity by Blue, uh, Blood in My Eye by Ja Rule, Come Poop With Me by Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. I just listened to that again for the fr- I, like a couple <laughs> months ago. There is no bad triumph, the insult comic dog material. Um, the earth nope. the earth is not a cold, dead place by explosions in the sky and ghosts of the great highway, the debut of Sun Kill Moon. Oh, the uh, payable by death by POD, The Preacher's Son by Wyclef John, Shock and Y'all by Co- Toby Keith, and Skull Ring by Iggy Pop, Bad Boy by Beyonce featuring Sean Paul, number one
2: oh <sighs> uh, when will babby boy go away
0: I know uh, God, 2003 I news November 3rd through the ninth uh, most powerful solar flares observed by satellite instrumentation is recorded uh, is that just like you, with historical record there might there have been well larger... I mean we couldn't record these back in ancient Rome yeah right but the, um, just the they, but nothing crazy is happening on the Sun is what I'm saying
3: yeah well no, they, this is I, a crazy thing happening on the Sun yeah. it's just <laughs> Uh, that it's not something that's going to directly impact us now. Solar flares are one of those wonderful cosmic things where it's like, oh, yeah, mathematically, it is certain to absolutely fuck our shit up someday. Could be tomorrow. Could be 100 million years from now. We don't know. Yeah, we have records
2: of them from, like, a million years ago that, like, you can tell in the rings of trees and shit.
3: Because all the trees burn.
2: Yeah, because, you know radiation just a fuck ton of radiation
0: well now i'm scared
2: you probably should be i mean that's one of those I mean, like apocalypse theories there'd be a giant solar flare and it'd wipe out everything electronic and oh we'd all die of radiation and yeah
0: hell yeah
2: It's just another looking, way to die
0: looking forward to it uh as you should be looking mm-hmm. forward to the movies in this segment because they're mm-hmm. all good uh it ra- oh. really happens <laughs> Uh oh wait third um. <laughs> through the ninth uh of November, twenty years ago, Tokyo Godfathers comes out. And this is way earlier than when I saw it, but I'm guessing that's when it's out in Japan. Right in time yep. for Christmas.
2: Yep, exactly. Which I did not realize it is a remake of Three Godfathers, yeah. which is a Western that I like quite a bit, which is yes, a good Christmas movie because it's I mean, both versions are about three not so wise men who end up having to take in a baby. Mm. And Tokyo Godfathers adds to it by they are like homeless people and rejects of society and it's animated. It's a Satoshi Kon movie, I think. And my anime tolerance is pretty low, but I watched some clips and I was like, oh, this looks lovely. Yeah. It's okay.
0: not, not anime. It's a yeah. classically told story taking place during Christmas time. But if you were an American, your attention was diverted. I was more uh, attention was diverted as a, Fan of the star and director because this is that person's kind of big debut. As
2: it's only the director's second movie, yeah. I'm kind of surprised he got as a director.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I'm
2: surprised he got this gig. I guess it was because it was low budget.
0: Yeah, the, the guy currently holding the MCU and Star Wars by the balls. <laughs> <So, laughs> uh, yeah. Great cast, almost too many to mention: Ed Asner, Bob Newhart, Mary Steenburgen, Zoe Deschanel, James Caan. And Will Ferrell starring in Elf. What's your name? Buddy.
1: Your costume is pretty.
3: Oh, it's not a costume. I'm an elf. Well, technically I'm a human, but I was raised by elves.
0: On November 7th, the world's largest elf is coming home for the
3: holidays. We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. Will Ferrell.
0: Okay, people, Santa's coming to Santa. I know him. I know him. Elf, what do you want for Christmas? A sissy
1: talk
0: spot. I'll put in a good word with the big man. Rated PG starts Friday, November 7th. Ooh, uh, yes.
2: Elf! <laughs> Where do we start? I'll t-
0: I just I, like I,
2: I, I, I said a couple episodes ago, think of a modern, hol- uh, a modern holiday classic.
0: Yeah.
2: 80% chance you're thinking of one of the movies from 2003 we're going to talk about. I, and here's I, the first one up.
0: I'm utterly shocked that it's 20 years because... I still feel like I can vividly remember I'm in SNL, a couple of my comedy nerd friends are like Will Ferrell starring in his his first starring movie. He's been in a, a like smaller bit parts and a couple other things, old school kind of what would you galliflnacist him into like movie stardom. Mm. And yeah. this is like nobody knows if Will Ferrell can care. That, that's how they're writing about it. Like is this movie going to be successful? And I'm like, "I we're going day one and we did and we laughed and then I blinked for a couple years and like now everyone's talking about this movie i bought it on dvd (laughs) i watched it maybe four times and then i feel like something happened that i missed out on because it became we have to people are shouting lines from it like yeah i remember but like when did this become i don't know when it became popular because it was not for half a decade
3: well it was in time with will Yeah, 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 he became more unpopular this is the film that made him a star though after this he can open a movie yep. and it wasn't a huge yep. hit at the time, but this was enough to convince people, Hey, this will guy, he's got some talents. Let's throw him in a couple of comedies that your, uh, drunk uncle is going to quote for the next 20 years. <laughs> and and, and yeah. I went back. And and it's,
2: and... it's such a, I mean, looking at like, you know, the production history of it was like, it kicked around for a while and there's a bunch of different people, you know, sort of the doctor, the script, including Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. And You know, obviously they're looking at Jim Carrey and someone Mm. like that. And it's like, oh, well, that would have been a fun movie, too. But it would have been different. And I think it would have been a lot
3: meaner. I don't think it would have been this sweet.
2: Yeah. Will Will, can be
3: so sweet. I mean, most of the characters. It's the
2: sheer wide eyed innocence of of the character that makes the the whole movie work.
0: No one plays a baby like Will Ferrell, like (laughs) like a really scary grown baby. And that's the, he got his SNL audition by pretending to be a cat playing with toys because it's hilarious to look at.
1: <laughs>
0: and, and and I always every time I'm at my parents' house for the holidays and my sister's like, let's put on a classic, and somebody says Elf, and I'm like, Elf, uh, like that that's not a Christmas classic. And then slowly it did become one, and I re uh, embraced it back into my life and watched it just last year. It is pretty fucking amazing it is it holds up really well it does feel it feels much more modern than another modern christmas movie we're going to talk about it is somewhere in between it's it's the the beautiful blur between the other two classic christmas movies that come out in 2003 mm. it can be enjoyed by the whole family but it's pretty smart and it's like it it's like all right that's funny and like if you love christmas stuff just having the North Pole, it's like the be- next best thing to a Rankin-Bass Rudolph movie.
2: I See, that's what I was going to go for. I, I found out that, yeah, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay in particular and John Favreau were sort of all like, they couldn't really figure out where they were going with this until they nailed down like, no, the North Pole should look like a Rankin-Bass TV mm-hmm. special. And they nail that feeling and aesthetic. And it was like, you know, besides having actually animated animals just hanging out Yeah, there but d-
0: down to the grain of the wood and the it. texture of the yeah. snow, it looks like a Rankin-Bass special. And-
2: yeah, honestly, I could have just watched a whole movie yeah. that's just him living at the North Pole with his dad, Bob Newhart. And maybe it's because I just love Bob Newhart so much. Mm. <laughs> He's so Do adorable you- in this.
3: But I feel like they don't use Bob Newhart well enough. This is a yeah. man who can make answering the phone hilarious. And he <laughs> doesn't shine.
2: Yeah, they don't give him enough. I well, mean, that's it's, it's, what it comes down to. But just the shot of him sitting on Bob Newhart's lap. The,
0: the wonderful for the, rest the wonderful of force perspective, the Lord of the Rings-esque oh, so force good. perspective that is used to explain why a human-sized elf is
3: amongst all these other tiny, tiny elves. And is beautiful. thank God they didn't go with 2003 non-Lord of the Rings CGI, because that would have held up horribly. You know, the practical, the Rankin-Bass look to the north pole Mm -hmm. that's what makes this movie timeless and if you look their outfits aren't really like screaming 2003 either i think Mm -hmm. like the wardrobe was told don't go for trendy go for timeless you know as you Mm -hmm. want to do in a christmas movie because you want that to play forever
2: well uh, you could argue when does this take place because gimbals is doing very well And oh, Gimbal's closed in 1987. Oh, it it <gasps> opened in like 1840-something. I thought there was
0: one still around somewhere.
2: No, Gimbal's okay. is gone. Gimbal's is long gone, Chris. That's, You're that's, Gimbal's.
0: That's the, that's, the, <laughs> that's the beauty of uh, well, but, not only Christmas movies, but Christmas movies in New
3: York. Like People yeah. dress kind of classic-y. It, you can get away with that. All right. To overanalyze this film, as is my want, sure. this is a great metaphor for Christmas. Buddy represents the transition we all go through. Mm. The child kid who views Christmas as this magical wonderland. But every child has to grow up and every child has to get responsibilities. And when that happens, listeners, a lot of the joy of Christmas becomes the job of Christmas. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that can really drag you down. But it's seeing the magic through the child's eyes that makes it special to the adult again. And that's buddy's complete journey through this film. And it's a wonderful journey that we get to join him on.
2: Yeah. It's, it's such a good showcase for Will Ferrell. I know, you know, that they, they did gorilla style, a lot of that stuff on the street of him just screwing around. And, and the idea that he just lives on sugar and it's like, he's like, <laughs> so he's like a human hummingbird. He is just so hopped up on sugar. All the time that he can decorate anything in a night and do this and do that, and he's always just so so wired, he's so happy about everything. It's like he just saw Santa like a couple weeks ago, tops. And the idea that Santa's going to be in the store, he still loses his mind. I mean, yeah. And then has to beat up the fake Santa because he feels betrayed on behalf of the children.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, well, Actually, he sits
3: he on can, a throne he, of lies, which is a, a line I've quoted monthly. For the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm just uh, actually speaking of forced perspective. So I'm not a Christmas movie person. So I'd seen little chunks of this movie for years because it is perfect for TV viewing. TNT just runs it like crazy. Because, yeah, it's it's clean and it's something for everyone. And you can pop in and out of it. So I finally sat down a couple of years ago and watched it from start to finish. And I rewatched it again the other night. And every now and then, like, I'll just something will grab my eye. And then I'll just watch the movie for that. They do so many clever things to make Will Farrell and Zoe Deschanel be able to have conversations yeah, where she's oh not God. staring up at him because she is a full foot shorter than him.
0: And he's wearing a foot tall hat. Yeah. And-,
2: <laughs> and I could not stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what, well, they put the camera there at a higher angle. Well, you that?
0: clearly didn't have the Infinifilm DVD, the short-lived mega new line special features packed uh, line of DVDs back in the day because it did have a ton of special features on it, Wh- which is I only remark as weird because, you know, I think the older you get, most kinds of merchandising phenomenons will get a little weird. And I go, I feel like sometimes years without seeing Will Ferrell in anything – Except at Christmas now, he's weirdly has the way Chevy Chase pops up every year in my line of sight during Christmas. Will Ferrell is one of those people too. Yet this was never capitalized on, and I didn't. I did research a while back. The only person I I saw talk about it was James Caan. There was some falling out with Jon Favreau and Will Ferrell. They've never worked together again, and the Mm -hmm. subject of following up on. This was already a huge hit for a Christmas movie. It became a much, much larger hit and a merchandising, uh, annual merchandising phenomenon. It has never been followed up on and talks about it have never, have gone, never even started. They've made animated versions without the cast, which is sort of defeats the purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I'm shocked. We live in a world where like no one's asking, no one's talking, no one's demanding an elf
3: too. Good. Where would you go? I don't know. This is perfect. This is perfect. I mean, the only Elf two you can make twenty years later is Buddy's child. I don't know. And but that, that, I do not want to think about Buddy having. That sex. That never stopped anybody
0: before. <laughs> Even the other mm-hmm. Christmas movies this year that shouldn't have trilogies
3: have have sequels, have sequels,
0: or spiritual sequels. But Elf doesn't. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird. And I, I only Will Farrell is polite about it. And like, ah, it'd just be weird to see me all old in that suit again. But yeah, you only know. James Conn talked about like John Favreau and Will Ferrell hated each other, and just knowing that those are like two nice guys that everybody likes, what the fuck happened? Mm. Was James Conn filled with shit? He can't tell us anymore. Uh, <laughs> he can't mm. tell us anymore. He's yeah. Too. So
2: I'm I'm sure most people who are listening have watched this movie and know it way better than I do. So just you know, put out the call for people who just aren't into Christmas movies or think this is for kids or something. Nah, this is this is an all ages. It's a fish out of water comedy that actually finds a lot of different things to mine. Sets up things early that pay off later. Ends up just being just charming as hell and so cute. It's just it's so cute. It's
3: I think so cute. it deserves to be a classic. You know, yeah. you need time to determine if something is a classic. And of the Christmas classics made from two thousand to two thousand ten, this is yeah the in the top 3. There's nothing say. really cynical yeah. about why it's a classic. It's a bunch of stuff
0: I didn't find out until years later about Home Alone, like the decision to just use standards rather than hire people to write new music, new Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be timeless if we make go out of our way to make it look timeless and, and not just heartstringy. Uh and yeah. which this this kind of has almost none of that, really. It, like it's not the, the main character couldn't know more about the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> it's the other <laughs> thing he has to learn. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why it's funny. And <laughs> his infectious, uh, infectious enthusiasm for the holidays, which I have been known to have and never succeed, quite like Buddy. And conveying, talk about counter-programming. I'm glad we don't have to like talk about pillow talk, something like pillow talk this time. Is that what it's called? It came what? out against Revolutions or uh, Re- Reloaded. Remember the counter program for the second movie? No. Nope.
2: I forget what it was. The, the Renee Zellweger,
0: yeah. Ian McGregor, Pillow. I'm pretty sure it's called Pillow Talk. The screwball no, okay. comedy. No, that's a
2: Doris Day movie. Oh, oh, oh uh, Down with Love. There you Down go. That love. one. Yeah.
0: Because that, that movie got completely
3: lost in the mix six elf months is later so much more remembered than matrix revolution that's and it's that not even close it reversed holy crud it reversed i mean no one no one talks about matrix revolution to the degree they talk about elf i love talking about it mary alice hugo weaving carrie
0: and moss lawrence fishburne and keanu reeves it is number one at the box office briefly the matrix revolution's Program Smith has grown beyond your control. You cannot stop him, but I can. In less than 12 hours, the machines will breach the back walls. Neo is doing what he believes he must do. I don't know what he can do to save us, but I do know he'll never give up, and neither can we. (laughs) The Matrix Revolutions. Ooh,
3: (laughs) Hmm. All
0: right,
2: let's uh, close. Let's close this sucker out. Thank right. God,
3: Diana. You watched this for the first time, right?
2: Yes, I had never seen this before.
3: I watched it for the because fourth I, time and
0: fell asleep. A I lot. watched
2: it for the. <laughs> I watched the first one uh, when it came to DVD in like 2000, and I was like, "That was okay." I but I mean, it's got good stuff, but I, I was kind of disappointed. And then the second one, I was like, "All right." we'll see where this is going, but I have the option of just dump done. And I watched a second. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with this. Okay. So yes, I watched this for the first time two nights ago.
3: What do you think with 2023 eyes? First time with, viewer
2: with 2023 eyes. I think I appreciate that. They have fully, they close out the trilogy. It is closed. We are, sort. we are done with an open door that we could tell other stories in this universe but I appreciate that they are done. Like this is the final chapter and we're done. There is so much talking. Okay. And
3: yes. Thank so you. God. Yes.
2: Much of me going like, yeah, but why? Yeah. Yeah. No, you just explained it again, but why?
3: Film is a visual medium and this is expo dump after expo yes. dump and it's clunky. And it's not engaging, you know, and that I mean, to the, the, me was the, the first problem. Matrix
0: had that iconic sequence of the white room and the pulling stuff in and out of CG. That's that's how it delivered something memorable and expository. Whereas this it is com- it is just conversation after conversation and this and, and reloaded.
2: And some of them, it's just like they're talking in circles like they spend. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, it's sad that you know, the, the actors who played the Oracle passed away mm-hmm. and they recast her and they recast her with someone who is extremely similar and then they got to spend a bunch of time talking about that. It's like, are, you guys yeah. are computer programs. You could be anybody or anything. I don't, and I know they were filming these back to back, which probably just wears on everybody, but it's so tough. But also with like a couple lines of dialogue, I feel like you could have skipped that second one. We could have just gone right here.
3: Yes, yes you could have. It, it like would take five extra lines, max, and you could have yep. just skipped there, from one to this I'm one. sure there we was said it la-
0: last time. These probably combine into one really good movie. Uh, Reloaded and Revolutions combine into one movie. Okay. <laughs> like, now I want to see the yeah. fan edit of doing that. I, okay. Well, I mean, you can't revisit this any other way because so much of both of these are really slow and dissatisfying and heady stuff that kind of goes fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, and And my biggest problem, like, like non-existential problem with the film is this like Smith like it feels like it feels like an emergency plot device because that's not really forecasted and reloaded very well why is uh, this an all powerful wh- you made him why did you give him more powers than you have
2: yeah it's why a, does yeah. he great and they for all the talking and uh, constant explaining they leave so much unexplained mm-hmm. like we talked about with reloaded, where it ends with Neo does Matrix shit outside of the Matrix,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then
2: that continues to happen in this movie. A they little. don't explain that.
3: No, my basic bitch nerd opinion is mm. that this should have been another level of the Matrix. He should yeah, have. Yeah, that's what I thought it, it
2: was. Yeah, that's you my explanation. You could have made
3: that interesting. You could have had it be. This is just another level of the Matrix. The nature of human existence is you can never actually be sure of your reality. You can't. It could all be a demon whispering in your ear.
0: this is neither here nor there right now, but did any of you see Matrix Resurrections? Yes. There's some real light stuff that does make things more confusing to me. And like, (sighs) okay, it, it it doesn't explain enough to like make this really satisfying, but it gives you a little more
3: information i have forgotten so much of matrix (laughs) four like like i remember two scenes from it and everything else is just like my brain didn't want to retain any of this and it hasn't and Mm -hmm. i am probably never going to watch two never going to watch three and never going to watch four again for the rest of my life i will show matrix one to my son 100%, 100% mm-hmm. and then I will shamelessly lie and tell him <laughs> that's it. Uh that was the one and well, done. Is this no is
0: this is this the RoboCop for the next generation? The First one's good. Mm. It's not. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, I would argue that the the RoboCop 2 and 3 are like pretty awful. These are clunky, but there's there's salvageable moments. There's not many salvageable I- moments in RoboCop 2 and 3.
1: Yeah, the thing that's is fair.
3: I I liked 2 when I watched it. Mm-hmm. I did tested three when i watched it and i've re-watched two a couple of times but i don't think i've ever watched three in the last 20 years it's it's weird the fight scenes are so boring yeah. it's just like <laughs> this boringness mech fight with this gun porn. oh those- my god
2: oh my god the mech suits drove me insane i was just like well, that's like the worst design mech suit I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> you're going to be in this suit with without even a helmet on, with no blast, and nothing in front of you. And it's like, They're working it is with just, scrapped, everyone I is going to die from shrapnel. Somehow, immediately, come with... friendly fire takes out everybody. Uh,
0: looking looking at it again, I thought, like, this is a really cool movie. But, like, if you remember being on the internet after The Matrix came out, what everybody wanted to see, none of that was shown in Revolutions. That is... People did not want to see dreary outfits. A bunch of expo- uh, people enclosed in tiny tubes wondering about how they were going to get away. They wanted to see more in Matrix stuff. And they were hyping this up. Like, uh, dude, next movie is all out of the Matrix. Y'all are going to be, it's going to be so exciting. And I'm not sure that it is, even though I feel like the CG holds up pretty well for 20-year-old no, CG. Uh,
3: <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's all right, CGI. I mean, to my 2023 eye, I'm like, well, this is a good PS4 game but there's um, some really good detail
0: and a lot of a lot of objects on screen. <laughs> yeah. And, no, uh, it,
2: it looks pretty but like so much of it is just and for what? And it's going on a long time, which is uh, the other big problem I have with especially the the second Matrix movie, which is like this is cool, it's going on forever. I am exhausted by this. Please have plot now. Stop fighting on a truck and have plot. I, and, and I it's kind so. of more the same of like, oh look, a 100,000 billion squid monsters. And well, I, you're fucked. Why are you bother? Why bother fighting them?
0: And maybe people Good don't like fuck. that it, it it ends like burn after reading with somebody in a stale room like so there was a truce. Yep. Um total
3: truce negotiated for everyone. Well, that's not what any of this was building towards. Nope. <laughs> then... I mean, they don't know pacing. I mean, mm-hmm. Neo is Jesus to these people yeah. and he still has to fight with a captain to get a ship.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, he doesn't yeah. believe in the prophecy.
3: Ugh. Morpheus is a yeah, is a believer.
0: And... <sighs> I'm not, yeah, Morpheus belie- doesn't do shit there. in
2: this movie either. Morpheus mm-hmm. and I, uh, uh, he wants to take a vaccine to Jada Pinkett Smith. Okay, fine, but she does some flying. For what? That just constantly asking, "Well, for what? Well, you're going to get there, and, and you're going to fight some more." Well, for, for everybody what?
0: knew how much we all enjoyed Enter the Matrix, and wanted to get <laughs> some, spend more time uh-huh. with that character.
2: I also I feel a little bit bad that I I started laughing when Carrie Ann Moss died. Spoiler alert, because they they have a big crash and they're hiding the extent of her injuries. And then when it, with the editing and when they pull out, she's got like eighty thousand pieces of rebar sticking out of her. And I'm like, oh no, Dewey, I'm cutting half real bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she,
3: she is calmer. So she is so cool. calmer with three rebarbs poking out of her than <laughs> I am when I do yoga. <laughs>
1: So, yeah,
2: yeah I, it's just like my, a big part of my complaints about these movies in the first place is they don't feel like it's supposed to be about humans versus machines, but none of the humans feel human either. And boy, does that continue apace. I, I just,
0: just I, I'm just remembering how we nothing, talked what we, when we talked about what we wanted to see with, in a Matrix movie. Revolutions was kind of the worst with not delivering on those expectations. Even the people who wanted heavier philosophical
3: existential overtones. Like, kind of none of mm. that is here at all. Well, no. Vague it, it metaphor. killed the franchise. Granted, they wanted to have it come to a complete end, in 2003 is an endless sequel yet, but mm. there were very few movies, very few books, very few extended universes of The Matrix after 3, because everyone was just exhausted.
0: Well, the, yep. there was the online game, which, like, kept the canon going and was... And you know, it's long closed. They promised it would remain tr- Like This is where the, They handed the story To Sega um, Tell us Whatever story you want In the Matrix online And I just It only made headlines When they like Killed Morpheus For sure And mm-hmm. uh, You know I kind of like Resurrections is one of the most Confusing movies I've ever seen But it's hard to talk mm-hmm. about This movie without Talking about that one
1: Yeah Because it's yeah.
0: It's a sequel And a reboot and reboot being the operative word here, because apparently they can just do that anytime they want. But instead, yeah. fought fought for their lives. <laughs> Didn't reboot this time. Make us all forget, but that's always been possible.
2: Yeah, just my big complaints too, is they keep bringing up things that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then they just sort of bring them up and then just sort of wander off yeah. to something else. Like the idea, like the movie opens with... The idea that basically two computer programs have a child. They've created another computer program. Yeah, cool. But because it doesn't have a job, it is in danger.
0: And deleted. so it has
2: to be hidden. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is this ever going to come up again? No.
0: No, it's like bringing up the three seashells with no comment from Rob Schneider. No. <laughs> We're just going to let that no. lay there? Not explain that at all? It. No. Nope. Is, lot she,
3: is
2: she going to be important in the end because she's like outside of the Matrix, but also in the, no, she can make All cookies. Right. She's going to wander off.
3: So this is where my time spending far too much reading about the Matrix come into play. Mm. The point of that scene is to have Neo realize that the machines are people too. Right. And that's mm. what allows him to negotiate with the machines at the end of it, instead of trying to beat them. Yes
2: uh-huh a- except that sh- he still has to beat Agent Smith in a superhero fight
3: right but the- <laughs> one the- on one for 80. some reason <laughs> because it
0: was inevitable that's but uh-huh. that's i think at at uh, the Matrix is mostly about determinism, and mm-hmm. it's just a deeply unsatisfying thesis on any of that <laughs> like uh, yeah. no matter which movie you're watching, it doesn't have a good conclusion it just it it is mm-hmm. And it's sort of it's sort of like a bummer like it made me feel like when I saw Rise of Skywalker when I'm told by the mm. corporate monoliths this is it the story ends here I'm like does it it's still really fun in the other corners of the universe you're playing in and I really would kind of like to see some of those but yeah it's a, it's Skywalker saga <laughs> like ah oh, that's it that's <laughs> we're done with the
3: Skywalker saga of Matrix there's so much yeah. more to explore I mean <laughs> they'd made the path of Neo because mm-hmm. no one wanted to play anyone other than the Neo and enter the matrix. So the story of the matrix is the Good story way. of Neo. And I think that's why they've been very reluctant to do any sequels because, you know, uh, they didn't want Keanu Reeves to turn them down and have to recast it. But if the matrix is going to have any future, I think they need to do a complete reboot. And I think the way to do that is a prestigious television series. Have it? No. Nope.
2: Nope. I'm done with them. I'm
0: good.
3: I'm not sure. I I,
2: I like the idea of, yeah, there's probably a way to edit together movies two and three into a a cohesive movie. But no, I'm I'm done with them dicking around and pretending it's philosophical.
0: Yeah. The the, the Matrix is kind of antiquated in its approach to all, all like. What, whether we're living in a simulation or not, that I feel like that's been there are better aspects of cyberpunk with Keanu Reeves in it <laughs> that are dealing with some of the th- the same the same themes and I don't know like I just I don't know what else this has left to do um, I don't know that, I'm, I don't, yeah I don't know I think I'm ready to like close my personal book on the Matrix as well I'll never forget that first movie though
3: no no seeing the first movie and having zero idea of what it was about is one of my all time top movie experiences and i will never ever forget that but one thing about art is it stays the same while you change mm-hmm. and 1999 jr was absolutely blown away by the philosophy of matrix One. one hundred percent loved it read about it got deeper into philosophy because of it 2023 jr is like that's work because I was a literal sophomore in college when that <laughs> happened.
0: And and the Wachowskis weren't that much older than you, no. And and so they're they're fiddling around with like you know Psych 102 information as well. And maybe that's not the film isn't the greatest medium to convey that. You could be right, but uh, I feel like that had to get abandoned in service of plot because especially if you're saying you're shutting the book on the cinematic universe of this, and. I don't know, just odd. And that they had to because remember they also had to solidify these storylines like three years ago. Everything's locked. And mm-hmm. what else what can you change? I'm sure there was I cannot imagine these movies were screened by studios or audiences and there weren't notes. But what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? There's that expensive, that anticipated. We can't stop this train. It's it's why before Lord of the Rings did it, it was this super risky proposition to bet that hard on completed storylines. Um mm-hmm. I could talk about this forever because I I'd still I mm-hmm. I think I'm more forgiving than a lot of people than with all the Matrix movies because there's enough in all of them that are enjoyable and beautiful to keep watching them. It's not they're not as embarrassing as I used to believe. Um I really mm-hmm. like them.
3: But
2: mm-hmm.
3: not hungry for more. No. No, I'm like, definitely yeah. not hungry for more. It's mm-hmm. just any IP is better than no IP. Yeah. So if they're going to do something else with this universe, which has made billions of dollars. Yeah. 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 You got to reboot it. Start fresh. Uh,
2: yeah. There was stuff in there. I, sh- I feel like the first one succeeded so much. I'm willing about this studio it was just like, well, I don't understand it, but it made a ton of money mm-hmm. and just let them do let them whatever. Do what they want. And it's like, yeah, everyone needs an editor. Everyone needs someone who can say no.
0: Yeah, it, I think there's it, a bit of that. There
2: is. There are the bones of really interest. There's so many interesting things that are in this movie, and then they they just don't do anything with it. They just wander off for more talky talks.
0: <laughs> there's a lot the fuck to explain. What is the point
2: of any of this stuff? God
0: damn.
1: There's a lot it. to Everyone's explain. Gonna, so every I mean, aspiring
0: filmmakers out there, be careful about George lucas Lucasing your project when the first movie hasn't been made yet. Not all of that yes. needs to be on screen. Yeah. Be selective. Um. But uh, but Ugh. if it just. Not to bring up revolutions too much, it. I I don't know that it's fair to say it performed poorly because they did kind of like, they a lot of COVID problems. Then they did that simultaneous release with HBO Max, like denying it more than like eighty million of three like theater money, just just sent it to die. So it did fail, but they failed on purpose. But I I think even for the studio, like they will address many other ips before they will readdress matrix again i think it's mm-hmm. over for the time being mm-hmm. and yeah. just I feel, my I favorite feel
2: like- thing my favorite thing about resurrections was that was uh my last outing before covid hit as i saw them filming on the street i didn't even yeah. realize oh that was that it and i was uh standing outside a bar and a guy walked by on his phone and uh he said oh my god yes i just saw him he's endless and i was like
1: <laughs> Mm.
2: well i have a new catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> hi i'm ageless
1: yeah yep, uh, some go
2: by on a motorcycle they were filming the end of the movie it was pretty cool that i enjoyed that a lot more standing in front of a bar than watching this movie
0: yeah i can see why people don't like it it is a convoluted mess and yep Uh, Good
2: stuff in there. There is good stuff in there. That's why I always end up so frustrated with these movies. I can't just be like, well, that was shit and I hate it. There's good stuff.
0: There's too much hope riding on almost anything that revolutions could have been. But again, that was what went on in revolution was nobody's headcanon. Where are all the sunglasses? and the
2: trench
3: coats. Wait.
2: You mean resurrection or revolutions? <laughs> oh
3: sorry revolutions, yes. Oh that yeah, that's they are how badly named. Yes, horribly. Yeah. Absolutely forget which is which and the yeah. names mean nothing.
2: I just go with numbers.
3: Resurrections is where they bring
0: everybody back except for the cast they couldn't fit into the schedule. Because why make a Matrix movie with Hugo Weaving, you know? Don't wait. Don't wait or anything. Uh, Hugo, <laughs> it's, come on. It's too important. Uh, oh moving on to TV of 2003. 20 years ago, November 3rd through the 9th. I just want to throw it in there that the 200th episode of Mad TV airs. Oh. And All right. All right. I was never a Mad TV guy. I didn't even see it until Comedy Central started to syndicate it when they lost the SNL rights. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is perfectly fine for a second tier snl and i I, i'm kind of shocked now i I wonder if fox regrets snl is the highest rated scripted thing on network television and has no competition let me get okay hold on chris is wrong let's move on stop typing let's move on chris is wrong have you seen what's on network television at 11 o'clock on a saturday
3: no, yeah. we believe that it's the top thing at the time. 100%. No, that's not what I'm
0: talking about.
3: Have you seen what's
0: on your local
3: channels at 11 o'clock on a Saturday? I mm-hmm. have not watched a frame of over-the-air television it, in years. I've watched only when I like go to the beach or something. And it's like,
0: wow, we're down here at the pier trying out the new bread bowl for half an hour like <laughs> like it's it's all this can there's like you could say literally nothing is on up against it but what if you kept your stupid fucking second tier snl on the air you could have had something instead of nothing people would talk about the next day uh, a deaf comedy jam rerun or something yeah, like, or al Palo. modern
2: but modern family reruns are cheaper how? than new stuff
0: how Seems so expensive. Uh, also, this week on NBC, Average Joe debuts.
2: Oh no! It's another what this dating is. show that fucks with people. These are boring, average-looking guys. Some of them are fat. Some of them are nerdy. And then there's a hot girl, and she's been told she's going to meet a bunch of hot guys because it's going to be like The Bachelor or some shit. And then she shows up, and there's a bunch of dorks. Just a bunch of random-ass dorks. They're going to have to compete for the hot girl. And then, oh, great. But halfway through the season, a bunch of hot guys are shipped in, too. Let's, um, everyone involved in this should be sent to hell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, speaking of hell, Little Bear ends. That's my hell. That was my Vietnam. Uh, It's a (laughs) cute little show that started in 1995 and doesn't deserve any of the things I'm saying about it.
2: Uh, I don't know what that is, even. It's
0: about a little bear. Yes.
2: Oh, never Uh, mind. (laughs)
0: Uh, uh, i did like back when i was more of a free-time millionaire dirty jobs on discovery channel that was pretty fun to watch i love
3: this show it is such a perfect job simulator Mm -hmm. like if you've ever wondered how do they do that thing yeah this will walk you through it and it's really showing these people are not adrenaline junkies. These are not people who are going on a show to do one thing once. So they win the grand prize or whatever. These are people who are out there day after day, doing their normal yeah, to who, make our sewers run, to ever, make our you food. You who scoops up the rotting jellyfish on the beach after a
0: red tide? Here's the guys. Yeah. It's their job. Yeah. It's been a family business for decades. And it's like, that is interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. My only complaint is host micro is yeah. a real... He is a real fake blue collar guy. He was never a blue collar guy. I remember when he did, he started his segments kind of on the local Bay Area news. He lives in a very fancy house in Sausalito, drove by all the time. He is a fake blue collar guy. Yeah. But the sentiments of just like, yeah, people got to work at the water reclamation plant or on a sheep farm. He's
0: the only reason. I, I like Micro. I thought he was always a charismatic, mm-hmm. affable guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wasn't shocked to learn he was an opera singer because his voice is awesome. and and, but he he became like this advocate like no there's not a jobs problem or a wages problem there's i've seen all the jobs i'm like all these people are affected by this too buddy just because these jobs Mm -hmm. are available doesn't mean they're sustainable or could support Mm -hmm. a family they're all getting worse and they're all owned but they're all paid by the same corporations cutting everybody's wages and benefits get so yes dirty mars my dirty jobs experience a little bit but I, I did think it was a really interesting show as far as reality yeah. shows go
3: uh i love it it shows the people who literally do the survival work for our civilization I, like yeah like it, there are multiple currently
0: airing in their eighth season shows about dirty and dangerous jobs whereas mike Rowe covered like four every week what the hell
2: yep yeah that's true I mean, That that's a good point after that we started getting you know ice road truckers and mm-hmm. deadliest catch and yeah
0: yes and then um uh TV movie this week, The Elizabeth Smart Story. I'm at a loss. Elizabeth Smart Oh,
2: my was... God. Elizabeth Smart was a, a girl who was kidnapped out of her house by a, a religious cult weirdo who had a cult of, like, oh. one other person, his wife. That happened a year before this. That guy was hadn't even gone on trial yet. Mm. that's kind of insane uh, he wasn't he hadn't gone on trial because obviously they had a lot of competency hearings because you know he said god talked to him and all this crazy shit and uh, yeah he didn't actually get sentenced for another like seven eight years now he's doing life his wife got 15 years and she's out already uh wow i think it's pretty irresponsible to do a tv movie about something when it has not been adjudicated yet
3: I mean, like, we talked about them doing Waco when it was still under siege yeah. when they filmed that.
2: Exactly. Like, technically, that guy has not I, been convicted of a crime yet.
3: I mean, I, I agree. I really think art should wait a little, especially for yeah. fictional accounts. Yeah. I would regard, you know, any fictional. Well, uh,
0: I, and I think the argument here is that do TV movies need to wait? Because they're not expected to be rewatched over and over again. That there's any more to the story sure. than what we want to exploit. And that's true that, but, uh, that's why you can't have a definitive version of a TV yeah. movie
2: but Elizabeth as smart as it is a tiny badass now she's a big victim's rights advocate and yeah she's she's an awesome person
0: um cool. Yeah, you want to talk odd legacies uh, Star Wars the Clone Wars or oh, wow get drop the V because that
3: gets very confusing yeah. Star Wars Clone Wars debuts on right. network I think this is the best visual medium Star Wars media between uh, Jedi and Rogue One. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I, I was every gonna... problem with prequel Anakin is solved in this show. He is shown to be a good friend. Uh, Anakin's yeah. relationship with Obi-Wan is shown to be a one of camaraderie ship and togetherness and... What that throwaway line in four said, you know, he was a great pilot and a good friend. And we see that in this TV show made with a Pentium one CGI effort because holy crud, does the CGI. No, there is not. this is not
0: CGI. This is, this is, not is the, the, the Gendy K- Tartakovsky one, the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars oh, is, oh. is the CGI one. But I think, I, I think you're correct because this was kind of a pilot project for that. But I think both of the Clone War show are the reason why younger generations than us do not hate the prequels because everything is expanded on. It makes more sense, is told way more elegantly, uh, starting here. But but I think this is right before Dave Filoni
3: comes in. But yeah, these are all right. I I was thinking of the wrong one. No, okay. it, it
0: happens. Well, it, like... that's... How could
3: you? <laughs> How could I confuse the Clone
0: Wars with Clone Wars? But like, oh like at the time, like if you remember, George Lucas was had a hair up his ass. I mean, Star Wars shouldn't be movies; it should be a TV show. And he couldn't get anybody on board to help him co-finance the thing because he's like, "Yeah, it's going to be the most expensive TV project of all time." And yeah. most networks balked. They found some solution here, but the solution was Cartoon Network wasn't big with original programming either, especially not in the more adult block of the burgeoning adult swim, these are 10-minute episodes um, of of Star Wars action that unspooled every week and was told relatively slowly, given like you can watch, I think the first or third season, it's just a movie. It's just like a short movie the whole season. So, but they weren't on Disney Plus until, I'm pretty sure they're there, but they weren't there for years and people were kind of miffed by that, but possibly the confusion is why that was. I like. I the...
2: had no idea that we were talking about two different shows. Yeah, I was totally picturing the CG no. animated one, and then they had that movie, and it was fucking awful, and I watched it for the show, and I hated it. And this is, yeah, the one that looks uh, more like Samurai Jack. I think Gen- all, Gen- all, <laughs> both
0: of you will find this more palatable. Well, JR doesn't, you like the Clone Wars. Yeah. I, I've liked so much of it that I've seen, but I could never really get into it. And I find myself annoyed by modern Disney Plus shows. Like you think I know way more than I do about the Clone Wars cartoon because uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know shit. But I, but again, I think I think that bolstered the legacy of the prequel era in a lot of younger kids' brains because of this show and the Clone Wars. And it all starts here. It's the first Star Wars TV show, right here, twenty years ago. Well, all right.
2: Well, besides Ewoks.
0: Was it? Androids. Oh, right. Yes. Sorry. Ewoks wait, androids. Way
2: back in the day. But yeah, we're, we're in between the releases of Attack of the Clones and uh, right. Revenge of the Sith. So this is perfect timing. Yes.
0: And I, I don't know if you were like me and saw Attack of the Clones and were like, no, thank you. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't <laughs> want any coverage of anything between this and the next one. And I missed out on it, too. Other things people missed out on. Oh, wait. Yeah. No, this is the week it airs. the The lost episode of Family Guy. Uh, Airs this week on Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, When You Wish Upon a Weinstein.
3: Now, listen to this promo.
0: Hi there, I'm Peter Griffin. You might know me from a little show called Family Guy. Or you might know me as Jack from Will and Grace. But I wear a lot of makeup for that, and I really ham it up with the gay routine. Anyway, next Sunday, Adult Swim is airing an episode of Family Guy that Fox refused to show. But my good pals at Cartoon Network are showing it. Although I think they're making a couple of changes because I'm so controversial. See the Family Guy episode you've never seen. Next Sunday at 11 p.m. on Adult
3: Swim. Believe people yeah, was, listening to this mm-hmm. in 2003 mm-hmm. watching it this is your last family guy for all time yep you you have it's that wacky weird canceled show obviously it's never going to come back this is my last new experience there was no family guy uh video games or comic books or yeah, anything no. out that it was just this canceled, wacky show at the time. And this is your last new piece of media you're ever going to see from it.
0: Well, I would only say with a slight asterisk, this was on the DVD. And the DVD sales are what... The, the, the ratings were great, too, for Cartoon Network. When they started showing it every night, I remember it was like beating two out of the three late-night shows. <laughs> Reruns of Family Guy. But it, I think yeah. this is on the DVD. What I find most bizarre... Fox chose not to air this in 2002. Uh, Adult Swim's like, we're going to air it. And then Fox is like, okay, fine. And they aired it in 2004. <laughs> like, <you're, laughs> did you not stand by your guns? Did this become less offensive? And I, after we played that Jason Alexander clip explaining the Moyle episode of Seinfeld, I'm not, I don't think I'm in any way equipped to say whether or not this is anti-Semitic. It definitely could offend somebody, but it did seem really harmless at the time. But a lot of hey, Family Guy stuff did. There, and, there's a song yeah. called, a Jew. yeah.
2: Yeah, and this I don't even have a problem with the there su- is there was one line in the song that made people something about, you know, even though they killed my lord, I needed you. It's like, all right, we are really touchy about that. Okay, it wasn't us. Yeah. We didn't the, help.
3: It was
0: the Italians. We, we did it. We'd we never help. get the credit.
2: <laughs> Look, we didn't help. <laughs> we didn't help. You we, we didn't do it. And um, so that, that was uh, in particular, but they were like, eh, hey, I don't want to... Yeah, f- so,
0: I- I've yeah. always been a-, a fan of old an- older animation, especially the stuff you can't show anymore. Family mm. Guy is very odd because I think most of the first four seasons you cannot show anymore. It is too offensive. Mm. I found a clip recently with... And here we go to ancient Italy, and it was a bunch of guys and wife beaters going, Hey, oh, cannoli over here. And Stewie <laughs> says they are, they always were a ridiculous people. And it cuts to Tony Sirico in real life, like, Hey, family guy, you say that kind of thing again, I'll break your face. That made it sort of okay, but like, that joke would not fly in 2023 at all, and that dude only died like a year ago. I have no idea. Anyway, I'm shocked what Family Guy continues to get away with, even though I think I watched a modern episode. I'm like, oh, this is much much tamer now. They, they have gotten yeah. the memo. Um, yeah. And then, and,
2: and, uh, that's the other thing is, is, like the point of the episode is that Peter thinks Chris will be more successful if he were Jewish. Yes, <laughs> he, he wants to drive into Las Vegas for a quickie bar mitzvah, which is that's adorable. Allegedly, but, yeah, uh, the idea that yeah being jewish naturally either through through god or biology makes you successful is just a different version of uh, the anti-semitic
0: trope. Uh, allegedly he learns his lesson the script was given to rabbis who's like yeah there's some (laughs) anti-semitic stuff in here but peter learns why that's bad at the end right and like yeah go ahead
2: that's stupid
0: go ahead and, uh, yes, but it's, it's just so yeah. weird that two years later, like, ah, fuck it, air it, <laughs> air the band episode.
2: Yeah. and well, well, it's
3: and cable.
0: Then, no, no, yeah, no. They, they aired on Fox. The network that said it was unairable two years later, airs it after the, after the it, Cartoon Network thing uh, turned up no stink.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, because
0: someone's already walked across the minefield. I know. I know. I just think that's, that's so, God, you guys have no fucking, <laughs> have no backbone at all. Like, mm. uh, yeah. So weird. Yeah.
2: No, what I find is weird is the Family Guy comes back on Fox for Reelsies a year and a half from now, so mm-hmm. they must already be looking at those numbers and talking. Yeah, being like, let well, maybe." I mean, it's, isn't it? Is it not we weird?
0: entering in like its twenty-fourth season or some shit. Like, yeah. it's Family Guy still so feel, still feels like a post-Simpsons new show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, all right, moving on, closing out the segment with the games of two thousand three from. 20 years ago. Fire Emblem the Blazing Blade for GBA. GBA.
3: Don't know anything about it. Never been in Fire Emblem. I know Fire Emblem through Smash, mm-hmm. and that's it. I. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you would, because there's like 19
0: fucking Fire Emblem characters, and it's kind of annoying. But I know you know the next game, because uh, yes, I I saw people who didn't like games. Like, I. from what I learned about this, I must play it. It is... The full cast of Lord of the Rings coming together to make a triple-A Lord of the Rings Return of the King game.
3: Best Lord of the Ring movie game. Okay, yeah, Lord yeah, of probably. the Rings Online is the best Lord of the Ring game of all time. Uh, that's not based on the movies. That's based on the books. This game is absolutely based on the movies, and it is far superior to all of them. I mean, uh, Two Towers is good. Uh, but this is even better. Everything yeah. great about the previous one, they improved upon. It play, Replaying it for the show, it occurred to me that this is what Gauntlet would have evolved mm-hmm. to. You know, the original Probably. Gauntlet, if it would have kept on changing. Because this has such a wonderful system of upgrades and the perfect smashing. And you just feel like you're this warrior. And you get to play three paths. You get to play the Hobbit path. The path of the king and the path of the wizard. So you got everyone in Lord of the Rings that you would want to play as. You get to play as them, and they all fight uniquely. They all have their own power ups and special moves, and it is just a joy to put yourself in that world.
0: And and I, I, in case listeners don't remember, they didn't have a fellowship. There was no fellowship game. They didn't expect no. it to be that big a hit, so they had to combine fellowship mm-hmm. content into the two towers game. So this is their iterative sequel. This is Lord of the Rings 2. Every lesson they learned, every new
3: system, and then it stops forever. <laughs> the second the second <sighs> game and they're done. I wish I, I know it can't because of licensing agreements, well, but just did you play Shadows of these. Mordor? It's good. It's yeah. good. I like that. But this is better. It's it's and not
0: specifically the characters and places you like.
3: Exactly. And yeah. that's what I really like. I I, mean, this is the, as
0: far um, as I know, this is one of the only Movie based games that goes into Sony's greatest hits title that hits a sales threshold of like, all right Now we can sell this for a red label 1999 because this has already made its money back and then some and yeah. yeah,
3: if they could ever remake it I'd buy it in a second and the behind the scenes which you unlock as you're playing The game mm-hmm. is so fun because I don't know about you, but I watched those Lord of the Rings DVDs. Oh, yeah every second many times The behind the scenes made me feel like I was part of a cast and there's no filming experience that I've ever wanted to be a part of as much of Lord of the Rings. Mm. I just, I would have been so happy to be a grip and just running all over every day and night just to be around that environment. Holding
0: a cup of coffee dun 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 dun
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you got any more Hobbit foot glue?
3: We're out of Hobbit foot glue <laughs> Yes, sir, Mr. Jackson I'll be on it right away! Yeah, Zoom! <laughs> fly you fool, all that. Just get it here just get it. <laughs> But uh, listen to these guys talk and tell me it doesn't sound like fun to be around them. Fuck ah. Dom, who, you know, talks a good game. Oh, look at me go, I'm on fire now. He says I'm getting so good at this game. I says, okay, give us it. A- beat him three times in a row. Billy's getting better, but he's not great. Billy is awful. One of the worst game players of all time. I think I do have uh, a special gift for gaming. You'll be playing a two-player game, and you'll go, Billy, press X. And he'll be like, hang on a minute, wait. Where's, which one's X? But I just haven't really <laughs> opened that gift yet and given it to myself. Fuck, why?
0: When are these guys going to get back together and start some kind of podcast? I would love to hear them talk oh, about I- anything. Oh. Yeah. Did you try the new mumbo sauce at McDonald's? <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't get to that. Uh, yes, but uh, also out this week, true crime, Streets of L.A. Is that the first one or the second one? I can't uh, remember. But it's it's we were I was it's, talking it's to the people. one with Snoop Dogg. I, Snoop Dogg <laughs> is a playable character in this
1: game. <laughs> I
0: was talking to folks about great open world game, and someone said Sleeping Dogs, and I forgot that was a cast off of this series. Uh, Activision just threw it away and uh, Square picked it up and finished it. And that became Sleeping Dogs. the Basically the end of the series. Civilization 3 Conquests on Windows is out this week. PC, this play, is
3: really Civilization trying to figure out the whole DLC thing. Mm-hmm. And they'd eventually figure it out. What we need to do is a bunch of tiny DLC for 99 cents and then one giant DLC with mechanical changes and this months. is kind of like a mishmash you get a couple of new civilizations new governments but nothing real like fundamentally new you know, but this was the last upgrade to three in accordance with thirty twenty ten, i really
0: i took a, a deeper dive and, I, and one of the things i meant to get to is both target and best buy kind of quietly said no more physical medium And I think PC Mm. gaming 20 years ago is is when that all changed because they had to have a... If you want to sell PC games in a store, it's got to have a physical thing, but the internet is so much easier and faster and it took hold way quicker than consoles uh, adopted that. And I just wanted to mark that occasion. You're talking about expansions and iterative uh, 99-cent stuff. Like, PC games are taking up almost as much space as like PlayStation games at this point and yeah. that that I I couldn't believe how much they hung in there but I walked into Target
3: this week and I don't even think they've made an announcement it is just gone it is just gone yeah like uh, I mean it makes perfect sense to me but I haven't bought a non-digital PC game yeah 17 years yeah it's been a long mm-hmm. long
0: time I cannot re- I I was in the games industry a couple of years ago so I would get sent physical stuff a lot, but right. even the last couple things I did, it's through the back end of Steam. You wouldn't even know we're there, man, all the time. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, Lord of the Rings, Throne of the King for GBA. Play the PlayStation 2, Xbox version. Yes, 100%. Um, and then a, a book, JR, it's not spooky mm-hmm. season, but I'll, I'll allow
3: this one Stephen King refrain. <laughs> Why not? Wolves of the Kala mm-hmm. by Stephen King. This is the fourth Fifth book in the Dark Tower series, oh, okay. which is King's <sighs> Magnum Opus. So you talk to King's fans and the Dark Tower is the series that just for one thing, he's written more of them than he's written anything else. Like there was a really? sequel to The Shining that came Doctor 30 C. years after the original was written and he pumped out uh, Dark, Dark Tower. Tower books. Is it is it just and seven? I believe it's seven. Okay. Yeah. I've always wanted to so, get into it. I'm a big stephen king fan mm-hmm. i loved dark tower one two three and four was super into them reread them multiple times and when this came out i told myself i'm gonna save this because stephen king had been in a horrible accident oh wow and at that time we weren't sure if he was gonna live or not mmm And yes, he fully recovered by this point, but there was a lot of talk like, well, maybe he won't stick around. (laughs) He not only lived,
0: he lived to buy
3: the van and destroy it. (laughs) 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 Because he's Stephen King. He's pretty cool. He is really cool. But uh, yeah, listeners, if you've never given the Dark Tower books a shot, keep in mind, there's some of the trippiest stuff King has ever written. It's Mm -hmm. very experimental in a... 70s type of way because that's when he started them but it's uh it's it's worth the investment
0: all right well let's Mm -hmm. close that with hardest button to button by the white stripes why diana because i'm
2: because uh i haven't played it yet and it's out and and elephant's been out for a little bit and this is the song i secretly like better than seven nation army
0: yeah yeah it's still it's It's almost the same beat
2: yeah, it's, it's very similar. It is a really I get so much stuff done if this song is playing. This is it is right at like the perfect walking pace. That's like <laughs> I will put all of the laundry away right now. Dun, 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 dun.
0: Hell yeah! Well, <laughs> take us out, White Stripes. <laughs> Don't go away. You got one more segment left, and you're not going to want to miss it. I promise.
1: The
2: Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a-watching. And for the week of November 3rd through 9th, yep, it's a something for everyone kind of day. I always love how weird these combinations get. Let's start 70 years ago this week in the U.S., saw the release of How to Marry a Millionaire, which is one of the first movies shot in Cinemascope. Widescreen, bright colors, and I think also in stereo. Because they have, like, her, a movie that's just kind of like a silly rom-com. They have, like, a whole introductory, you know, here's a 70-piece orchestra playing this beautiful music to get us into, oh boy, here we go, this big-ass movie stuff. Being being actually the first 20th Century Fox movie shot in widescreen in Cinemascope, I want to say it's probably the first time we got the modern version of the 20th Century Fox th- fanfare. Because it used to be... And then it stops. But Star Wars fans, so you know there's more. It goes... That was them opening the th- screen even wider. To show... Oh my god, there's more screen now! And that was uh, actually written by uh, Alfred Newman, who is conducting the orchestra at the beginning of this. Randy Newman's uncle. Anyway, How to Marry a Millionaire is... A really fun goofy three girls go to the city comedy with Marilyn Monroe, Lauren McCall, Betty Grable. And yeah, their thing is they're going to go find rich husbands. So they rent a fancy apartment. They start selling off everything inside the fancy apartment and trying to score rich husbands. And uh Wackiness and Zeus. It it is there's a bunch of really gorgeous colored location shots from, you know, nineteen fifty-three New York. It's it's really cool. Um just fun. It's just fun all around. And then also, a less happy big city family story. Also turning 70 this week from 1953. One of the best films ever made Tokyo story. Period.
3: Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is the best movie from Japan. I know that's a big claim. Big, big claim. <laughs> it's in the conversation. 100%. Yes.
2: Yeah. It, it, this or Seven Samurai, man. I don't know who else I'd go with. Directed by uh, Yasujiro Ozu. And it's tough because it's one of these, it's like, tell me what the movie's about. It's about family. I don't it know. It
3: is one of the best depictions of any family ever. And it is incredibly Japanese. But because hmm. it is so specifically Japanese, it's universal. Like, yes, these are people operating within a very specific 1950s Japanese post-war context. Yeah. But their relationships are so real. And their dialogue is so earnest and not in a cheesy, melodramatic way, but in a way where you're like struggling to express yourself and you Mm -hmm. do as best you can. And you fail because you're human and every frame is a picture. Every Mm -hmm. line of dialogue is a poem. Listeners, if I have ever recommended anything (laughs) to you that you have enjoyed, let me unbank that social credit score I got. And use it right now. Please, please, please watch Tokyo Story.
2: Yeah. I, Tokyo Story. I I wish I could write something like this, where every line of dialogue feels like they're actually saying something else. And you can kind of tell what it's supposed to be. And it just, it's like, that's how families work. Where it's like, sometimes like you, you don't want to say this because I'm a little upset dad. So I'm going to say it this way. It's, yeah, it's just about family and relationships. Yeah, Tokyo Story. Massive recommend. 70 years old now. Yay. And then, all right, so Chris doesn't feel left out. 50 years ago this week, the movie that started furrydom, Disney's Robin Hood. How many furries sexuality was unlocked by this movie?
0: Did you think Er Errol Flynn's version was too long? Well, here's a version that's exactly the same and with a lot of stuff cut out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But now it's got fun Roger Miller songs and cute animals and some really nice animation, uh, you know. And anytime there's knowledge. like the frantic chasing, I love that in this. And I, I saw a meme just the other day of like Robin Hood 1973 is a movie where they managed to make a snake cross its arms.
0: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Peter Ustinov, they
2: animated figuring out how a snake would look grumpy.
0: Peter Ustinov is great. Another great oh, Phil Harris role. It. And uh, we were talking off mic. With the video game apocalypse guys somebody eats snow white's apple in house of mouse and like quick you have to kiss a uh, kiss a king or a prince and like the the prince from robin hood comes out and puts lipstick on and gets really <laughs> femmy and like wait was he coded queer is is that a thing And I'm bringing it to you listeners now. Like, why did Disney make that joke 20 years ago? No idea. But we love Peter Ustinov. We love his version of Prince John.
2: I I do love Disney's Robin Hood. I think it is a ton of fun. Mostly, I just have happy memories of it coming on uh, Disney, like, some Sunday afternoon on ABC. Uh, And I had all British roommates. And whenever they said the H in Cheltenham, Mm. they all were like, No! Like here or here in Nottingham. Like, oh God, stop it! Um, Why? Um, sorry, Nottingham. Nottingham.
0: Well, if you like the rooster character, you should mm-hmm. watch that Once Upon a Studio short from uh, on yep. Disney Plus. He's got Ooh. a big moment in it. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: I did. So, yep. Uh, I know that's a bizarre range of everything. <laughs> Disney's Robin Hood: How to Marry a Millionaire Tokyo Story. Massive recommend on that one. And that's it for this week. Stay classic.
1: We've only just begun Hypnotized by drums Until forever comes You'll find us chasing the sun They said this day wouldn't come We refuse to run We've only just begun You'll find us chasing the sun You'll find us chasing the sun
0: Coming in with Chasing the Sun by The Wanted Off of Word of Mouth I think I've heard it I think all of it. these
2: sound the same to me now. I'm so yeah. old.
0: Yeah, um, anth- anthemic music, and anth- anthemic mm. rock for the Yours? kids. Mm. Welcome to 10 years ago in 30, 2010, 2013, November 3rd to the 9th. Other music releases this week include "Dominate" from Ejecta, "What the" by Black Flag, the Marshall Mathers LP 2 by Oh Yeah Eminem, yeah, uh, Poof of Life" by Scott Stapp, "No More Hell to Pay" uh, by Stripper, and "Art Pop" by Lady Gaga. Royals by Lord is still number one. Here's some no. news to let you know what was going down in the world of uh, 10 years ago. Bill de Blasio is elected New York City mayor. And well, he's
2: very tall.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unlike some governors. De yes, yeah. we see you. He's
2: got a mixed race family. Seems mm. nice. Let's just blame everything on him.
0: De Blasio. Uh, and then at least <laughs> 6,000 people are killed after Typhoon Haiyan, um, a.k.a. T- Typhoon Yolanda. Uh, t- <laughs> tied with Typhoon Marinetti is the, the biggest, being the strongest storm ever recorded
3: at landfall. It hits the Philippines. Kills 6,000 people. Yikes. It this was more powerful better. than Katrina and Sandy combined. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember a lot of relief efforts uh, in this area because there's a lot of Filipino folks who live in the Bay Area and I think it was Tacloban is the place where it, it was just wiped off the map. It was mm. 250 mile an hour winds Mm. Uh, Something like A foot of rain every hour For 12 hours Yeah There are more of these coming There have been a couple since Not quite this bad They didn't hit as many people
0: Mm.
2: But it's bad
0: It's bad Uh, And something I can speak on A little uh, more knowingly The last remaining blockbuster Closes for good uh the last blockbuster open in the US and Hawaii announces the final video ever rented as this is the end. How-
3: <laughs> they they like pressured the guy to rent that. Yeah. They were like, Oh, you want to rent on the waterfront? Rip is that's uh, broken. Rent is, the end. Is that the day to rent? Because like uh when's this due back? Never. Mm. Like just, just keep, it. I did have that thinking of just, yeah. what if I go rent a whole bunch of things from one of these rental stores that is going to go out of business on 30, how does that work?
0: You're just giggling all the while. Cause you save $13 and yeah. <laughs> giggling under your breath. And I, yep. obviously I think there are even currently other blockbusters, but I, I didn't know until I watched that documentary blockbusters is, is exists in this like Atari era its brand its name is still popular so it has a licensing house you can buy a blockbuster party game and blockbuster shirts they don't run movie rental houses and the last blockbuster is constantly if the only thing I liked about that documentary is you see that they're constantly consulting to whether or not blockbuster will continue to license their name to this video rental store and it's hmm. every year it's like They don't know because they're not, it's not a real blockbuster, but I believe like Alaska might still have one, but Mm. they're not blockbuster blockbuster. They're just the last remaining video stores. somebody kind of turned into a mom and pop store that they kick some franchise money to because, uh, yeah, yes.
2: Fuck them. I never liked them.
0: Uh, That's the blockbuster nostalgia. I always say they put mom and pop stores out of business. They have Lloyd Coffin in that Netflix documentary. He's like, what I think about him? Fuck him. They, like, refused to show my movie. They almost killed our entire business model because we were getting plenty of eyes on our movies before, but all of a sudden we didn't pay the MPA to rate us, and he didn't say all this, but that is the story. The Charles bands out there, like uh, any kind of cool straight-to-video thing, Blockbuster kind of strong-armed, and it was Mm -hmm. bad for movies always and bad for customers. So I I, I video-sore nostalgia, I have it, and a lot of it is Blockbuster, especially at the end, but fuck them. They deserve to die.
2: Nah, fuck them. I I never liked them. I never, I always felt ill at ease in them. I think it might have just been the fluorescent lighting and the fact that there's just a wall of. for love of the game. I want to (laughs) watch anything else.
3: Yeah. See, I have very fond memories of my local video store captain video like that is Mm -hmm. where the 80s came alive for me and it's where we got slumber parties videos Mm -hmm. and that place will always shine brightly blockbuster came along and i was like okay captain video closed i'll drive or have my mom drive the extra three miles to go there so that was inconvenient and then i was just like okay uh this is where i get my movies but i don't feel any romanticism to you blockbuster because i'd happily rent at Hollywood Video, who everyone has forgotten about, but was, you know, Blockbuster's near equal. I didn't because their uh,
0: return drawer, you could reach through with your hands. So I have a ton (laughs) of...
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> clear clamshell videos I stole from the return bin at Hollywood Video. Oh, man. People probably got charged for those, Chris. They were like, I returned it. And Blockbuster would be like, no, you don't. Pay us the $20. I mean, then they're welcome to engage in Blockbuster nostalgia.
0: That is the only olive branch I could extend at this point. I don't remember what those movies were. Would... We didn't get to choose what movie we were stealing. You <laughs> just Oh, so you were like stealing and,
3: uh, uh, all right. Terms have been Yeah, I think that's, that's why we, we
0: didn't do it that much. So. Like, like oh great uh, el dorado again oh this, uh, but yeah mm. the last uh, Wait, blockbuster as a was it mm-hmm.
2: was it blockbuster sorry to interrupt no. was it blockbuster that had the policy that it's like if you didn't like it we'll give you a free rental
0: um i don't I, remember i want to say
2: there was a local one that did that and so we would just rent terrible movies mm-hmm. and then go back and be like yeah we hated this and we got away with that a couple times, and then then it would be like, no, pull out the Leonard Maltin book. Look, it has one star. We were right. Well, but ha-ha, raise the Titanic for free, bitches.
0: I'll raise you an anecdote here with Blockbuster. Right. Yeah. I, if you ever look at my wall of DVDs, it's like, wow, that is an impressive collection. Like, yeah, 20 years ago. Because uh, I was burning DVDs from the public mm-hmm. library, from Netflix, Uh, And then I was printing out professionally grade covers at the (laughs) the Capitol building where my friend worked in the graphic design department, just wasting hundreds of dollars of taxpayer money printing out DVD covers. Uh, So they are all bootlegs. And then I dated a girl who worked at Blockbuster for two years. And so not only was she sexually very fun in the uniform in the store, uh, I have so much many movies that have been absconded from, with 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 stick blockbuster stickers on them that someday I might just want to throw away because it just gives me a tacky illities feel. Uh, but yeah, uh, blockbuster, I burned so many de- like weeks before they came out to the public. I was burning them in uh, distributing my friends. For okay. nothing, don't come after me, and that's not why you died. The documentary shows they clearly could have survived. They just didn't care. Like, the, the yep. company that owned them didn't care to survive. They could have
2: killed they could, Netflix. They bought. They could have bought Netflix for $50 million. Yeah.
0: That's it. They could have killed Netflix. Can you imagine, like, your mail comes once a day. We'll, our store will bring you the movie from another store or something like that, or... Just the idea that you can pick up, you could have a one subscription where you could pick up stuff in store and have mailed to you that they didn't have. Could Mm -hmm. have been amazing. And they didn't integrate that in any meaningful way. It was always a worse service than Netflix. And they had to, they only wiped away late fees, which is how they made, I think someone said 66% of their money. That is where their income came from was late fees. And when they waived it, that's how you knew they were done as a company. Mm
2: -hmm. That's
0: where the fuck blockbuster, in other words, somebody's got to say it. Yep okay getting into we're all movie let's lovers some, here regardless of how that sounded
2: talk movies uh
0: about time with donald gleason rachel mcadams bill Nighy, tommy holland and margot robbie did not see this one
2: this is a uh richard curtis joint british mm. one um Next week is like the Avengers of this week. We're going to have all these same people, but they're going to be in a different configuration. (laughs) This is a time travel rom-com
3: kind of question mark. Not even a rom-com. It's just a kind of a drama. There's not that much comedy in it. Uh, Um, So this is a guy who has the power to time travel. uh, However long he wants change his path, change his life. And He doesn't use it to take over the world, which is fine. You know, an (laughs) average person with the time travel ability could easily become the most powerful human in history. Sure. But that's not what the story this movie is trying to tell is. This is trying to tell the story about how you should cherish all your days and you should really observe and be present in your life. And if you're complaining that he doesn't behave the way you would behave with time travel... You're going into a Costco and being mad that you can't buy a Ferrari. Mm.
2: Yeah, I it did bring up some time travel ideas that I never thought about before. Like, if you have a kid, if you time travel back in time, when you come back to the present, you will either not have a kid or you will have a different kid. Mm-hmm. Because that is so un that, that's so yeah. minute changes in anything. Determine uh, what sperm is going where.
3: The average load is six hundred million different sperms. You know yep. if any one of those could have just zigged instead of zagged. Yep. Is
2: that yeah. The, like that's the medical term load.
0: Interesting. <laughs> it's
3: like the Dude. most the closest GR has come to cursing this whole episode. <laughs> I do not know the proper I don't either. nomenclature I, I think it's, for a load yeah. of sperm. I think it's dollop. A dollop? It okay. <laughs> <That laughs> feels even worse.
2: Yeah. I don't know.
3: A tablespoon? A smidge. Yeah. <laughs> Diana wants help. No. Diana wants I want help. <laughs> I, I will say that I always confuse this movie with In Time. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Which is the yeah. movie about
3: selling the minutes of your life. Mm.
2: Right. Yeah. About Time. It's, it's too generic a title. It's very, yeah, I got confused which one we were talking about here. Mm. I mean, yeah, obviously anything with time travel involved, there's gonna end up being circular logic or plot holes or things like it sets up a rule and then it ends up fucking up that rule later because it's more expedient for the story that they're telling. But it's little things like, oh, I like that girl, uh, but she's got a boyfriend. Okay, well, she met the boyfriend a week ago, so I'm gonna go back in time a week ago, plus three minutes, and I'm gonna be the one that she meets right before she meets this guy. And i trying, you know, little different stuff like that to try to get his life going the way he wants it to. And then things happen and it was kind of cute. And it was interesting seeing Margot Robbie just yes. before the movie that breaks her literally, mm. literally weeks before, oh, before that the one? movie where we, yeah, before we know where Margot Robbie's from. Mm. Yeah. So uh, light recommend, I guess, I mean, it depends on, you know, it's, it's going to be cute and sentimental. It's Richard Curtis. He does warm, fuzzy things that are also kind of funny, so... Ah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, recommend or no? Mm,
3: no. Sorry, it just yeah. wasn't uh, engaging enough. I don't think it's worth your time, listeners. Yeah, well,
2: it, was, it was right on the line for me.
3: Well, let's rip this band-aid.
2: <laughs> I is probably my number one recommend of the year. Next.
0: <sighs> Maybe. It's 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 going to be fun to talk about. The hardest watch of the year. How yeah. about that? Yeah, in uh, and uh, all sarcastic. Uh Sarah Paulson, Alfre Woodard, Brad Pitt, Lupita Nyong'o, Paul Giamatti, Paul Dano, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Michael Fassbender, and Chiwetel Ejiofor. It is 12 Years a Slave. I was born a free man, lived with my family in New York. Based on the true story. Until the day I was sold into slavery. To get back everything he lost. My family is what I have in the world. Same as the rest. Master bought you here to work. I think i here. here. It will take everything he has. I will survive. I will not fall into despair. I will keep myself hard till freedom is opportune. 12 years a slave. Oh, buh, 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 buh. And I, I remember, Diana, when you were talking about Do the Right Thing and you were like, hey, I promise it's not, this movie's great. It's not homework. It's not medicinal. You will enjoy it if you've avoided mm-hmm. it for this long. And that's something I don't think totally applies for this, even though is in inarguably one of the greatest movies of the 2010s. It cannot be enjoyed by normal movies. It is medicinal. I give it my highest recommendation saying everybody should watch this story of a real person who time almost lost entirely a firsthand account of not only slavery, But of someone who was kidnapped and brought into slavery, which I don't... Mm -hmm
3: know how common a story that is I don't think it's like okay there were three million enslaved african-americans in the u.s yeah. before the civil war mm-hmm. the percentage of them who were born free and kidnapped was very small mm-hmm. compared to that three million total but from a narrative standpoint it was absolutely 100 percent the best choice to make because this is a prosperous african-american free person in the north who's a musician who has skills, and that is as close to the modern mindset as you can have an African American in the 1840s, and have our modern-day audience be able to put themselves in his shoes of, yeah. "What if I was mm-hmm. enslaved?" What
0: the fuck are you doing? Because exactly. you're not you're not being brought over from Africa. It's like, dude, I have a birth certificate and a social security mm-hmm. number. And all this guys, you a can rush to
2: them. You yeah. could ask them. Yeah, I own a I, house. They'll, they'll and, for me. And they're yeah,
3: they're able right to keep there. him away from I that for a dozen. Literal years. Literal papers proving I'm free that were issued to me to prove that I'm free.
0: He's second generation and free.
3: I did I I did a little bit of a deep dive into Solomon North
0: because like people still don't know what happened to him. Yeah. It, it it's likely a terrible story uh, of of a guy who put his, <laughs> the, his the story of these twelve years into a memoir and released it and did semi-popular book tours and then disappears without a trace for 10 years. The book goes away for a hundred, over a hundred years. It is not published. It is not talked about. It is rediscovered Mm -hmm. in the sixties. And, and so when I say medicinal, there's a lot of shit here that is incredibly uncomfortable to watch, but you should watch it. It's worth being uncomfortable. One of my least favorite things about the modern right wing movements, they feel they don't need to be made uncomfortable by things they didn't do in history.
3: And I say you fucking do 100% agree. I will say that we're going to be talking about Schindler's list soon. I will say that this is a far more important movie than Schindler's list to America's Absolutely. Because we have had numerous, numerous Holocaust movies before Schindler's list. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is really the first big Hollywood movie That deals with the state of slavery. We have had big Hollywood movies about uh, former slaves fighting their slave masters, Glory. um, And we have had Hollywood movies about slaves running away to freedom. This is the first real one in 2012... Cinema has been going on for over a 100 years at this point. This is the first real examination of what was it like to actually have the daily existence of a slave in America. And it is so powerful because of that. First hand. And and the production does everything it can do to film in those locations,
0: even though all he can do is describe because he's kept from knowing where the fuck he is. Yeah,
2: I think, yeah, the, the first person relatability is, is a huge factor of what makes this so uh, both powerful and interesting and is and watchable. Like, uh, I mean, you might feel like you're eating vegetables, but they're vegetables you like. <laughs> you know? Like, it is not a just nonstop grind of horror. It's not torture porn. There's disc- a lot that, of torture porn. Also, it's not torture porn that's history. Okay, Precious is always my my mm. standard for... A movie that's just unpleasant to make me feel terrible, but to what end? It's just unpleasant the entire time, and that's supposed to be emotionally something. And I feel like this just feels so lived in and Mm -hmm. relatable on these little things that I would never ever think about. We think about what is it like to be a slave? The idea that he can't let anyone know he can read Mm -hmm. because he will be punished for that. God knows how he'll be punished for that. And just little things like, here, take the shopping list down to the store and get these things. He just sort of glances at it like, yeah, okay. And she's like, did you just read that? And he's like, uh. uh. Oh. And yeah, the, it becomes, there's sort of a fetch quest thing. If you, if I can use a video game term. That's sure. Like, <laughs> I'll
0: yeah, allow he's, it. <laughs> he,
2: okay. He's, he's been drugged and kidnapped.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's somewhere in the South. He's not, he has a vague idea where he is. He just wants to write a letter home to his family and let him know that he's still fucking alive. He's got to find paper. He's got to find a pen. He's got to find ink. He's got to find someone to mail this letter for him.
0: And Mm -hmm. even the people who want to do it, could do it, are in danger
3: themselves. Yes. And (sighs) everyone who could really seriously help him is from the enemy ethnic group. Yeah. That's it. The only people who can really help him are the enemy ethnic group keeping him enslaved.
2: Yeah. He has no idea. Like, well, like, you know, he gets told to Benedict Cumberbatch, who's like a okay guy, you know, he does. He's not really bloodthirsty crazy. I love torture and slaves, but it's like, but he's not going to help you. And no one he knows is going to help you. Who can you find to help you? in this can you trust a single white person can you trust another black person no yeah
3: Yeah. there's money for themselves and most of them have lived in this state their entire lives and they have tried to survive as best they can and the whites i mean the reason this guy was even sold into slavery uh listeners in rough terms a able-bodied adult enslaved african-american was worth roughly as much as half of a nice house is today. Wow, Those man. are rough numbers. Think of all Free labor. the think assholes about it. in your life. Yeah. And think of what if they could kidnap someone and sell that person for half a house. That's a mm-hmm. lot of money. And,
2: yeah. and then I'm mean, getting into the the idea that like we can't t- teach slavery in a certain way now because it will make white people feel uncomfortable. They'll feel bad that maybe their ancestors did this. It's like, no, the point isn't to make white people feel bad. It's to make everyone feel bad.
0: Right. Like, uh, everybody,
2: people didn't live in this country when there was slavery. I have still benefited from it because Mm -hmm.
3: it helped settle.
2: It helped settle this country.
3: Jews in the South did own slave. There was a very high ranking, uh, Confederate, uh, politician who was Jewish. Um, but, but not yeah. Italians, right? Nah, yeah. can't but, happen.
2: Well, yeah, but also slaves built the White House,
0: yep. literally.
3: Well, uh,
2: yes, they did this work that created the money that created the country.
0: Well, I, 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 didn't mean to, but this made a fantastic double feature with Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, yeah, I could see that. It, it, it was, un- and, and like one of the things that has changed in how we depict these events of american disgustingness i don't really know another way to put it like a capitalist horror uh Mm. you you do need to show the tacit responsibility of the entire society and how this air of superiority and how like well i gotta get rich somehow not only was like pervasive in fucking everyone even the nice guy benedict covervatch like Just the way it is, man. Can't control it. Like you, you actually could. You just really enjoy this status. And
2: well, also, I mean, you could also you could hire white people for wages, or you could hire black people and pay them wages. That is going to rise, raise the price of your crops, which means you have less profit. Also, Christianity, that's is teaching that this is right and this is a good way to be because there's slaves in the Bible, and so we treat them the way that we, we treat them in the Bible, and everything's cool. It, that's that's but great.
0: There's, there's that sinisterness was really highlighted in Killers of the Flower Moon, but it is mm. all over the place here, and and just if you, I don't know how you couldn't care about the plight of African Americans in this country if you're a white person and have ever wondered why the disparity between the highest paid CEO in the company and the lowest paid employee is so vast compared to every other Western country, every other Western place in the universe every other industrialized civilized place why we don't think we should pay for health care for you this is the economic model this country was built on not paying people anything mm-hmm. and when people were told they couldn't do that what do you think they complained about first I, I, i'm gonna lose money we say mm-hmm. now you don't I, that's still an excuse that we use constantly to keep engaging in abhorrent behavior all over the world yep. And, and and it's yeah. it's really important to me to convey that to my fellow whites because I find mm-hmm. it I don't find it easy to speak on this there's I just saw Shane Gillen make a joke about like who likes these slave movies I asked my black friend you like these He's like no we thought those were for you
3: we don't like those either like nobody <laughs> likes them well this is not an easy watch no I it's mean hard this hard. was homework I mean I told my wife hey honey. When are you going to be in the mood to watch a horribly depressing movie that's going to make us all feel bad? And we sat down and watched it. And we had my son watch it with us. He's barely old enough, but he's really into history. I want him to know the full story. So he was deeply uncomfortable. He wanted to leave for about the first 40 minutes of it. And I was like, you can absolutely leave and go Do something by yourself, but your mom and I are watching this movie right now. We're not going to play with you or do anything with you. That's what we're doing. So he stuck around, and then he stopped asking to leave after the first 40 minutes. It's like he really got into the world. And, you know, I was close to his age when I saw Schindler's List, and it made a huge impression on me. And I really hope this movie leaves a huge impression on him. It is the type of deeply sad... Movies that I probably won't voluntarily watch again. I never have, and I, I can see its beauty is nonstop. It's mm.
0: it is incredibly well done, and it is. I think while some of its shots are unflinching, that is the point. Even I watch Django Unchained a lot because there's a big old happy ending where everything is great yeah. at the end. That's not <laughs> That's fucking funny. true at all.
2: Yeah, but, when I mentioned that uh, I had this coming up because I saw this by myself because it's. I watch everything that's nominated for best picture. And uh, Michael said like, yeah, I remember when you came home after that. And I was like, you know what I did? I wanted to watch the end of Django so bad. Like I want to watch slavers fucking eat it.
0: (laughs) But I think, I think I can say to people, that was
2: not even cathartic enough because I I think one we should get into what's interesting. The background on this movie is that it is made by non-Americans. Yeah. Um, So they have a slightly outside look. Unfortunately, those are all British people. Yeah. They have a different kind, very related baggage. We learned it from watching them. But uh, this is the first be- best picture when it was directed by a black man.
0: Steve McQueen, back from the graves, black man.
2: Steve McQueen, he, <laughs> he jumped that fence, got away from the Nazis, and he made this movie. Um, it's the movie that gave us Lupita Nyong'o because uh, she'd like, just gotten out of college. think <laughs> She just finished grad school. Uh, she is amazing. This got Brad Pitt an Oscar. I think a lot of people forget about that. He He's one of the it. producers. Yeah. And his character is the one that some people complain is like, that's a white savior character.
0: It is. And but I like, think, I think some, no. it, it's one of the, no. I, I, I could.
2: Like, he <laughs> needs white allies. That's the only way out of this system.
0: I, w- I want to be, I try and be careful with the way I critique a lot of the performances from people of color in this movie, just because I don't want to inelegantly, I don't know. I don't want to be inelegant about it, but Lapita in general, like I, like, her dialogue trainer just bravo because that was like a totally foreign dialect for her Mm -hmm. and and I didn't but I also I do want to applaud the white actors in here because like the this is villainous on the side of like you have never seen a villain like this before and these are based on real people who thought they were awesome and they were obeying Mm -hmm. they were obeying the law and they're and 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 they you always hear those stories like uh, Dover Grace and Leonardo DiCaprio were so uncomfortable by the way they had to say the N word like four times. Like Paul Dano and fucking and, and Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Like didn't, obviously likes working with Steve McQueen, but didn't flinch at playing one of the most reprehensible human beings ever put on screen. Awful. Yep awful and there's there's rape sequences yeah, but, there's rape.
2: but believable like understandable like of course he's going to be this much of an asshole he can get Sarah, away with it there's Sarah no Paulson reason not to
0: rises yeah. above the the tacit mm. involvement of of the horrors and becomes fully horrible her own it's unbelievable to me it's unbelievable like not? why i think like 20 years ago people were like i'm not playing that i don't ever want to be seen like this being cast for something else so i do think <laughs> I feel like I'm not praising the, uh, uh, everybody else's performance, but like, yeah, like that they were all hired by a black dude. And like you're going to be the fucking worst, and you're going to say things you would never say to anybody's face. And it's, I
3: hate it. Oh God, Paul Giamatti makes me so mad. Oh, this oh. movie, oh <laughs> I'm so mad. So, yeah, in the white South, everyone, for all practical purposes, we're talking about ninety percent plus supported slavery. Even in that environment, those people detested slave traders. That was like regarded as an incredibly skeezy job, even as everyone used it and everyone made buckets of money from it. That was still the job that it was like, I'm a slave owner. You're a slave trader. That's worse than me. That's how they thought. And you can see why, not that they're correct or anything, but you can see why, how creepy it is being at a house that sl- sells human beings and it's like you're on a car lot. It is yeah. so gross.
2: Yep. And it's it's the basis for the economic system. And yep. they just figure, mm-hmm. well, there's no way we can fix this because the economy will fall apart and then we'll have a bunch of uh black people that we abused and they'll just be running amok, uh terrorizing us. They were the majority How in South we... Carolina. Like they i mean they were constantly thinking that the slaves are going to murder them all and sometimes i wish
0: they did how do we still put so much weight behind absurdly rich white people in positions of power pretending to be aggrieved for some reason (laughs) the how do we why is it half the country is almost leaning? anyway anyway um
2: yeah no i honestly i'm i'm jr i'm glad you showed your son this i was thinking this With very few cuts, you could get this to PG thirteen, and I understand artistically why you would not want to, but you could show this in schools, and I think you should.
3: I think there should be a school edit. You know, I think you know you'd have to take out all of the rape scenes. Um, Yeah. If you, which are more
2: disturbing than graphic, I will like to say.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They're awful, (laughs) but then they're all like the sex scenes in Schindler's List. Right. Mm. And that was a very, very common part of the slave experience, uh, because, you know, uh, if you look at the genetic breakdown of African-Americans, on average, it varies from individual, of course, they're about 20 percent Anglo-English ancestry that came about because of rape. So you got to figure that given that there wasn't birth control out of time, one out of every five sexual experiences that the enslaved women had was with rape.
2: Yep. And I, people be like, "Oh, well, you don't know. It could have been a nice relationship." Which is what Alfred Woodard's character I, I find fascinating in mm-hmm. this is someone who's basically the lady of the house. Mm-hmm. She is still mm-hmm. owned, but you know th- she has, has what seems to be a very amicable, even re- loving relationship with her owner. And from the earlier in the movie, we know what can happen with that. That is not actual safety. If her, her quote unquote partner dies,
1: mm-hmm.
2: his kids will sell her. Yep, and that's it. And could sell her kids away from her, and there's nothing you can do. And Lupita Nyong'o's character, she's like the best cotton picker in the world, and there's nothing she can do to get Michael Fassbender off her back.
0: It's just there's there's, nothing. There's so you got, many. You got
2: no recourse, and and just you're trying to put pe- that mindset into people of like, you are an animal. Do cows get to give us their opinion? Do horses get to tell you how to treat them? No, that you're being treated like an animal.
0: It, it's so um, bizarre and to look upon. this is illustrated
2: so personally.
0: It's so bizarre to look upon and so obscenely important to remember. Yep. If, if only like to just understand like why are black people so upset about this or that in the news? And like there's a lot to be upset about. Because like uh, the ramifications of this entire situation have affected us all, it, it just because it doesn't it seem like a Twilight Zone episode where every white person is their brains are broken, all of them, every single one.
3: It's a it's no. it's it's just a wonder.
1: <laughs> it's a, it's the a yeah, wonder. is a
3: foreign country. Yeah. Uh, slavery was common throughout almost every culture throughout human history every time we have written records we've got slavery and we have plenty of written records of people of a pre-bronze age technology uh, uh the pacific northwest indians who uh often kept large numbers of slaves as well uh it is part of the human experience until really recently Really recently did that incredible evil get largely, but not completely, vanquished from the world. And that has been a huge accomplishment that we often forget how hard it was. And even today, there's areas of the world that get back into barbarism, and they start bringing slavery back. Yeah, because slavery Mm -hmm. is a super
0: hyper-efficient economic model for building yourself (laughs) way bigger and better than you should. And if you, well, it was a bollet. like study every decade after that, this was, this had a very slow hold on our economic standards. When we talk about Mm -hmm. actor strikes, why is one CEO making six times in one year? What every writer striking is asked for. Why does anybody think that ratio is appropriate here? Mm -hmm. This is it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah let back to what i was saying about sorry it's yeah. not to make white people feel bad it's to make everyone feel bad yes. it's because of what jr no. was saying because slavery has existed a long time and it's bad mm-hmm. i don't think i should have to explain yeah. it whenever i hear somebody say well the irish were slaves too yes and that was bad yeah. so you should know how bad it was to be slaves anywhere slavery is bad and we and, had slavery and, in this country it's bad I- I don't think this is so hard, Ron DeSantis.
0: And some, the soapbox I want to get in on, on people like Ron DeSantis, who happens to be governor of where I live, I could yeah. every day I could just do. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the idea that we shouldn't have to learn this, the idea yeah. that let a movie in 2013 is the most because like. I think I saw Roots but like our generation kind of didn't have its Roots yeah. moment.
3: TV show, mm-hmm. not a movie. I know, no, but it's still yeah. I
0: like I was too young to even see it. We could rent it when it came on video like a decade later. I think I mm-hmm. did. I I don't know if I saw the whole thing, but it wasn't as unrelenting as this. To its credit, I'm saying like you watch Django, they don't show every indignity and lash those characters receive this movie does. It really yeah. grabs you by the back of the head. Watch this is this is what happened and this is how it felt. And I think that is super important. It's also kind of fucking disgusting. It took till 2013 to make this movie and a lot of foreign money from people who thought the American story of slavery was too important not to tell when you have this firsthand account that was nearly banished and pleasantly forgotten about in terms of like representation and how we tell our history. I I get mad when I see this movie and I, I guess that's the point. And that's why you should see it. It's why you should see it. I know we're not even talking about a lot of plot details, because I feel like almost all of those will keep most people from watching it. We mm-hmm. mentioned how much rape there was very late in the game compared to other movies, yeah. because I don't so, even know yeah, if that's the worst. What
2: does it, it just I mean, even if you got rid of any sort of racial element, what is it like to be a slave? There's a wide variety of experiences and you get a couple different ones.
0: Yeah, and that's there that's why the choice that this is a real thing. Solomon Northup's story is real, in him being such a, a amazing find, an audience surrogate. He uh, take away mm-hmm. skin color, close your eyes. He's just like you. I was born yeah. into. He's like a second generation free person. Uh, he 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 has no idea. Like, how would yeah. I even become a slave? That's not even possible, is it? Oh, apparently if. Taron Gillum shows up in a movie. <laughs>
2: <Don't> <laughs> Which, trust that motherfucker. It's like one of two
0: movies I've seen that guy in. Like, what the fuck? Uh, I thought
2: that was such interesting casting. I'm like, well, he's friendly enough. I trust yeah, him. Yeah, you, you would not
0: assume Taron Gilliam's going to be up to anything. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't recommend this movie enough, and I hope I never have to watch it again because I had to watch it in sittings. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. have anybody with me. And at some, at certain points, like I got to tap out for a little bit. I got to like switch back and forth between our next movie. So if you think the transition is jarring, <laughs> I was oh, doing that to stay God. alive and sane. <laughs> and yeah, uh, but I, yep. I can't, it's yep. so, it, and like, if you take all that other stuff out of it, beautiful costumes, beautiful cinematography, and like the oh, beautiful so areas gorgeous. of the South depicted so fucking well. Uh, way, way better than in Django. And, and uh, mm. yeah, I can't, this movie receives my highest possible recommendation with that caveat. You know what? Fuck the caveat. You'd have to see this. Like we're all a part of this, whether you like this or not. And, and it, it deserves to be remembered. Cause I'm fucking sick of not knowing about shit like black wall street until watchman puts it on tv like we don't get taught <laughs> this stuff yeah so Amen. we don't get taught this stuff i don't know we don't know these things it is important oh it makes me so mad <sighs> <laughs> oh sorry you throw a poop at DeSantis's
2: yeah. car for us could you
0: i just want to headbutt him but pretend i'm sneezing
2: oh oh that's pretty good wait right? how tall are you again
3: uh you
0: taller reach? than him in his fucking boots oh. <laughs> in his boots of course i can reach oh my god and every I'm not kidding. That guy I hate so much more than most other people because he's fraudulent and he doesn't. He doesn't even know what game he's playing. And every once in a while, because my dad worked in government in the Capitol, there's a funeral. And like, you got to do something, pops. I'm gonna slip. <laughs> I'm gonna slip some cyanide <laughs> into this flat. You got to do something. Oh, no. You got to do something, man.
2: Uh, <laughs> no, come on. At least turn it, tie it into thirty, twenty, ten, and have the in, li- in the line of fire plastic gun. Come on.
0: Well, judging what's with what's <laughs> wrong with MAGA just making him look weak is probably uh, enough to Yeah. Oh.
1: No, God, we don't a weird, kill people. We are that a just weird martyrs culture. them.
0: We are a weird culture. And I'm tired. Yeah. Oh, good lord. Good lord. Yeah.
2: Now, this movie, besides being like important mm-hmm. because there is so little like it, I also just think it's just it's very good. Yeah. It is well made. Yeah. The acting is good. Mm-hmm. It I found it very interesting. And I didn't find it I guess, I mean, it's kind of spoiler alert that we know he's going to be okay in the end. At least he's going to get out of slavery. So that does help a little bit with the feeling of, oh, God, it's getting worse. It's like, (sighs) well, at (sighs) least I know he's going to be alive in 12 years. Yeah. After that, question mark.
3: (laughs) This is a great film. If it wasn't for the title, I would have no idea how much time passed until we saw his children, you know? Yeah. It, it's really hard I, I to show point. 12 years of time like Shawshank Redemption, uh, which we'll talk about next year, is amazing in how well it manages to show the passage of long amounts of time purely by movie posters, <laughs>
2: <laughs> movie posters, a little bit of hair length.
3: Yeah, but if
0: for no other reason to recommend this movie in the words of J.R., who doesn't love a movie about a very specific job? And (laughs) I was just trying to throw Jr. under the bus with one of his own quotes. Okay, (laughs) no, sure, it's true. But I mean, mean, it is—it is is part of.
2: It's it's something I haven't seen depicted before. It's part of why I like the
0: movie. There's, there's little like I never thought of that. We all know this was bad, but I never thought of this aspect.
3: No, my my job comment is always, I see myself in the mirror every day. I Mm -hmm. don't need to see people who are exactly like me and have the exact same thoughts of me. You are a rare white person on the internet, apparently. Right. Um, uh, But when I see a movie, I like it when it can put me in the world, the daily existence of someone I'm not. And yeah, this is a radically different negative experience. And if you ever really just want to see what would I experience if I was put into slavery, I can recommend no better movie than this.
0: And if you want to see the indirect kindness every black person has ever shown you by not being constantly mad at you (laughs) by by it's it's yes I don't know watch this fucking movie I need to check I don't think it's streaming for free anywhere but it's readily available for rental
2: yeah. And no. Oh, when I when I said my people weren't in this country, I meant my actual family yeah. were not in this country. Yeah, there were Jews here and don't listen to the memes. They did not own all the slave ships or do all the slave trading and all that because uh those are Nazi lies. P. S. Fuck Netanyahu, I just thought I'd throw that in there for balance. Hey,
0: I'm glad we could squeeze that in.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm just in a mood now. <laughs> Fucking moms for liberty coming at me now. I
0: mean it, it Let's is go. In a way, it's sort of, it happens to be in fits and starts, but it's it's good to be riled up and angry at something every once in a while to let you know what's mm-hmm. important and what you need to believe in, and that we yeah. th- the the ability to not support things tacitly and change things is within us takes time, but yeah, yeah, fuck we, be one
2: of the good ones, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, listen to it that it oh. yeah. uh, twelve years a slave, highly recommended. Now oh. for the what you're all here for. we <laughs> are we gonna talk about? A
2: fucking Marvel
0: movie. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Renee Russo, Cat Dennings, Anthony Hopkins, Selen Sarsgaard, Christopher Eccleston, Tom Hiddleston, Natalie Portman, Chris Hemsworth, thank you for not adding at add a BJ at a BC from Oz. Thor, The Dark World. It's number one, baby. You must it, to come to me for help. The darkness will destroy us all. Failure will mean our deaths. When do we start? On November 8th. Witness the return of an Avenger. Kissing doesn't solve everything. Anyone else? For the Dark World in Theaters November 8th. I, I really did in three sittings jump back and forth between this and 12 because i just couldn't i couldn't <laughs> oh, take that's either. not
2: gonna help either i couldn't movie. take
0: either of them uh but but like uh thor the dark world long since marred as the worst movie in the mcu i would say there's been worse movies since yeah i would say there's been worse thor movies since yeah i don't i think that's part of no, because that, that criticism was out there before the third Thor came out, but that's important to mention. Thor. Oh, it's va- the fourth.
3: fourth Love and Thunder. Fourth Thor Love is and the thunder. one that I'm just like, no, yeah. well, no, I, I no, thought, no.
0: I thought at the time Ragnarok was, wow, that's a hard character pivot in tone. And
3: mm-hmm. and it
0: was. Taika Waititi is a mostly a comedy director, and that... that but it was used greatly in Avengers uh, Infinity War and Endgame. But Thor, in most people's eyes when you watch this now, is the funny lug. That is not what's happening here at all. He is a stoic prince. And the Marvel Studios, their, their formula for success at the time was to make a genre picture with a superhero character. Uh, a World War II movie with Captain America... Uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier is like a 1970s espionage thriller. Iron Man is like a Shane Black, Robert Downey Jr. comedy mixed in with some superhero stuff.
2: No, oh, Iron Man three.
0: Well, Iron Man
2: one. Iron right. Man one is
0: is directly off of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and he's playing that yeah. character to the hilt. And <laughs> sure. and 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 but Thor, they so literally wanted to make Game of Thrones because other than Marvel movies, that's what everybody was talking about. They hired the choreographers, they hired the director, they shot at the Mm -hmm. locations of Game of Thrones. And what that means, this is like, a mysterious element is coming for just us, this one world, and we already had the Avengers. I don't think people were that keen on... Well, who cares about Asgard? <laughs> yeah, well, I
2: think that's my one of my complaints. I I like Alan Taylor as a director. He has directed a lot of your favorite episodes. You don't realize he's the director of. I think he did the pilot for Mad Men. Um, I believe he did. Uh, no, he didn't do the red wedding. He did the one uh, Ned's execution on Game of Thrones. He's done a lot of important episodes for yeah. them too. And it made sense if they weren't going to bring back Kenneth Brown who apparently did not know he was that not was coming back.
0: No, they greenlit the second film. He's like, well, that's good to know. It's the first I've heard of it, and I didn't know. I Do I need to prepare anything? You know what? I'm just not going to do this because you did not tell me.
2: (laughs) So it it makes sense if, if you want sort of that, you know, big, fancy, epic, sword and sandals sort of turn. But too many of these movies are about the entire universe yes. is about to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: That's the perennial Marvel problem. You yeah. can't have the universe be in danger every week. And the comics don't do that. They have uh, personal threats. Yep. They have uh, citywide threats. They have, Hey, we really don't want this bad guy to get away. Cause he's bad. That's your threat. I, I you just wrote one recently, like, risk-
0: like Spider-Man got the shit kicked out of him, like way worse than normal. Like, yeah, that's like a down to earth, dire plot that like still is like pretty moving. Everything is about a MacGuffin that is about to end the universe and the Mar- and, and, and and. Now that I said that, they've introduced Thanos and the idea of the stones.
2: Well, they've introduced the stones. This is the first movie yes. where the words Infinity Stones are spoken, well, we're- and we're told where two of them are.
0: Remember remember the news cycle during all this even the people who'd never read a comic were aware of what was coming and that Mm -hmm. even like like i remember there were two movies that like when this was happening like thor and another one like that universe is really hard to wrap your head around is very specific and very rarely enters into our realm or things that concern regular i could say americans but earthlings The other one was Guardians of the Galaxy, and that proved me very, very wrong by taking a completely different tone. Uh, Also had the luxury of, uh, well, the the burden of basing its movie around a literal stepping stone to the next (laughs) movie, but uh, nothing, almost nothing carries over from any of the MCU into this movie at all, and I think that that was where, if you watch Doctor uh, Strange Multiverse of Madness... Doctor Strange is incidental to that entire film. It is really all about <laughs> everyone else. Everybody else but him. It's about mm. it's it's about universe building, it's about cameos, it's about introducing new characters. There are two Doctor Strange characters in that movie, and they could might as well not be there.
3: Speaking of cameos, can we play that Stan Lee cameo <laughs> real quick? It's a good one.
0: <laughs> and all the other worlds would
1: just pass us by. It's beautiful.
3: It's
0: simple. Any questions?
3: Yeah, can I have my shoe back? <laughs> Isn't oh, it not no, no, so he's bad. in the
2: insane asylum now.
3: <laughs> now, Chris, have you ever met Stanley? I've I've touched his shoulder, very bony, with my shoulder. <laughs> okay, all okay. right, that counts. <laughs> I I met him briefly at a meet and greet, and. I uh, asked him a question at a convention. I asked him, um, Robin Hood has existed for 800 years. Uh, Alice in Wonderland has listed, lasted for 150 years. How long do you think Spider-Man will last for? And he said, forever. And the crowd just went nuts. <laughs> that man in his late 90s could work a crowd yeah. better than so many people i've seen in their 20s it was like he just knew the pulse and knew the interaction with i uh i ended up giving him a copy of my movie dark dungeons and i so wish i knew if he ever ended up watching it or not I he actually asked it on it. the pile oh, the thing <laughs> well, yeah i'm sure it's <laughs> on the pile i'm sure he never got around to it but uh someone was taking it away and he said no stop that's my copy of his movie and that just like Made oh. me feel so happy. And so in my mind, he's watched it, even if I I absolutely will never know. But how, what do you think it felt like to create this universe and then 50 years after you create it, see it become the biggest blockbuster ever in the history of movies? I think the
0: real honest story of that should be told one day. And that's I'm not just talking about how Stanley is credited. The more fascinating part to me is that Stan Lee's job became evangelizing not only comics, but Marvel to get movies made in the 80s. And he failed catastrophically over and over and over again, even though everyone was saying we want to make Marvel movies. And by the time those movies were made, he is grandfathered into some kind of participation, executive producer credit. He is not involved creatively uh, it it has very little to do with him, and he's toured around like, what of our old co-hosts used to say, a young mummy, um, <laughs> into like his nineties. I think he's got a weird relationship with it because like his money is still based on this doing well, but not as much money as he probably should be making, and not as much credit as he. A different co- amount of credit, I'm sure, than what he feels like he should be getting for both the movies and his legacy. Stan Lee took a lot of credit for comics. Mm. Um, <laughs> he took a
3: lot of credit for who,
2: comics. Who created Thor?
3: Uh, it's, not uh, it's Stan It's another Lee. one of those duo things. It was a collaborative effort. I'll Same tell you who. Fucking like Plato or some it.
0: shit. It's, <laughs> it's it's a existing character. There was all these Thor games and ripoffs because you can't really own Thor.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm li- I'm seeing uh, Larry Lieber and Jack Kirby and and Stanley. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Which, that, a- any comic sense. nerd Ant-Man will too. tell you okay.
3: that uh, Kirby gets a huge share of the credit. But I also go to bat and say, what did they make after Marvel? The comic creation was not a singular vision. It was a group effort and it was all of them working together that made the amazing Marvel characters that we know and love today. And when they split up and went their own ways, yeah, Kirby had some success. Steve Ditko, uh, the co-creator
0: Spider-Man, wrote GoBots books for children.
3: Guys, right. <laughs> can I
2: say we are running out of time here, True. and we do not have time to talk oh, yeah. about right. the history of Marvel Comics? Okay.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. For okay, the
2: okay. Dark World,
0: pass doesn't hold I mean, up very well. It holds up.
2: It, it is definitely, I would say, is well, it's the worst. As, now, is it the worst one so far? Because Iron Man Two has problems, but
3: I think I, Iron Man Two is better, be better than that. I, have, I think. I have, this I have... is the worst.
2: I think. Well, I was shocked by... two thousand thirteen. Yeah, well, what I was shocked by was that I haven't seen this in ten years. I haven't read any of the comics. Everything I remembered from this is from the latter half of the movie. Well, the and one the that's front referenced half in is Endgame is very talky. Yeah, very talky.
0: Here, here's what I'd save in a fire.
2: Uh uh-huh.
0: Loki and Thor hanging out is still yeah. fun, and and yeah. and because the Loki character has been one of the most consistent uh, throughout the in the his entirety in the MCU. That's still fun. It is a different genre of movie that's not necessarily Marvel. The stakes are weird, and Thor is different. It should be worse, but I really feel like I disliked Black Widow and Ant-Man Quantumania less than this. But again, I always say, what's my favorite Marvel movie? The last good one. That's... (laughs) That's that's the one I, that's my favorite always uh yeah. i'll be obsessed with
2: it I yeah uh, this is weird that yeah my recollection was like it's fine and Then i'm like ah, it's good it's mm. it's, it's not it's broken slow it, it's just it's, it's s- like messy
0: and what i love about it the most accurate criticism is that it's comics we hmm. relish stories like infinity the infinity gauntlet saga and uh days of future past because those were really really bright shining moments in a sea of people getting things in on time and making to newsstand (laughs) Uh, unmemorable stuff so when you make 30 movies (laughs) in 10 years you're you're gonna have some of those placeholder comics ask an anime fan they get a lot Mm. of those uh the the right the writer of the comic isn't up there yet you need to spin your wheels for a little while until we figure all this out and yep it happens, and Thor is the cinematic version of that. You're
3: not missing anything by missing it. Is it worth revisiting? Like, If you're, I mean, patient- if you're doing your Marvel rewatch from start to finish, yeah, you don't need to skip it. If you're yeah. going through the best of movies, you can skip it. I think you, Sorry. Yeah,
0: if you're a patient person, I was never not compelled by 12 Years a Slave. I got tired
3: of it We enduring. cannot compare Thor The Dark World with I'm telling 12 Years you what my, a Slave. I my, looked it up. They It's actually against the Constitution. It's a little-known <laughs> amendment. <laughs> it, it was my viewing.
0: Like I I would get so bored, and like I'll get back. I already have a good feeling of my read of this film. I'm going to go back to 12 Years a Slave. Oh, he's making him whip her now. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to... After this scene, mm. I'm going to go back to Thor and calm down for a little bit.
2: Uh, I I couldn't. Well, I guess the good news is I think two of the best Marvel movies are the next two up. 2014 yep. is the I think the best year creatively.
0: It's where Endgame hinges a shitload of its time. Yep. Um,
2: yep. We got some good stuff coming. So or, yeah, this one's just sort of eh, it's another adventure. Oh, they saved the world. Uh, it
0: just wasn't. It wasn't 20. even awful back then. It was just an unremarkable action movie in the most sought after popular franchise there was it's it's competent it's fine unnecessary oh my god and now we have to do this shit we're running out of time (laughs) fucking tv of 2013 steven universe is is 10 years old no we can't blow through them because steven universe is out one of my again One of those things, like, that's the newest cartoon I've seen (laughs) every episode of. Shit, I'm way behind in everything. but uh, And even then, I haven't seen all of future. But Steven Universe, I wasn't on board in the beginning. I thought it was random, and the character was cute, and like, what's up with the situation? It never tells you what's going on. Why is this kid being raised in an earth town by ultra-powerful, multicolored women and i don't mean multicultural i mean purple and <laughs> there's a purple woman uh and why does he have the powers that they do and why are they raising him And it i kept going because the episodes were 10 minutes and like every third episode there's like a very casual lore bomb that is more elegant than the marvel universe is that kind of stuff in between you got Joel Hodson in there and Tom uh, what's his name and great guest stars and it becomes the most compelling inspiring one of the best kids cartoons that I don't know I I've introduced it to kids but most of the people I hear about it from are adults especially queer adults because the represent representation in Steven Universe is unparalleled when it comes to queer representation I think it's Cartoon Network's first girl on girl kiss um, and this is, it, it aired at a, in a time slot where kids could see it surprisingly uncontroversial at the time, uh, a few years later, but like a very, very, very good series with, I don't know of a show that introduced me to put so much music in my head than hmm. Steven universe is so wonderfully musically inclined when it's even it's incidental music is the greatest game music you've ever heard. And then characters will sing about something that'll that'll break you for a long time. Uh, very good.
2: Uh, this is one of the most highly recommended things that I still haven't watched because everything I saw about it, like it had a whole bunch of lore, and I'm like, oh god, there. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to follow all this lore. To know that it comes in little.
0: It comes in very comes very small batches, bit, and and then little there's little episodes batches, that okay. focus on that, and then that makes you intrigued that takes like 17 episodes before like, oh, this, there was a plan here. Uh, this isn't random. And at, at the beginning, it just felt like this kid is cute. Characters are funny, random. I give it a B minus. And then it is way moved up into the A plus category for me. Cause I didn't, I didn't know where its heart was and where its plan was, but it, it did have one and bowed out when it was done telling its story. And that, it's pretty admirable to do in the animation, the kids' animation business. It's usually like mm-hmm. just milk this for as long as you can. Yep. And um, up up next, I never want to stop talking about Steven Universe. I assure you, we are have a recording right after this. Uh, Mother Up debuts on Hulu. Everybody's uh, silent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
2: it was animated. I remember that.
0: Yeah. How about we move for on goodness? to the next one? Because that's okay. the one... The grenade I dived on for you, because (laughs) I thought I thought. Listen to me. I thought Jr. said so many beautiful and poignant things about Christmas Carol in general. You outed yourself quite quite bravely as a massive Charles Dickens Christmas Carol fan.
3: It's a perfect uh, story that can be fit in many times. Yes,
0: I I I also ran a Christmas special blog, and I've seen so many. You can call them parodies, adaptations, so many adaptations of this that I am absolutely sick of it. And then somebody out of nowhere in our doc, Mr. Scrooge to see you, exclamation point. The first, can't be the
3: first, ever sequel to A Christmas Carol. Okay, I put this in the doc solely to make fun of how bad the 30 second preview looked. At oh, no. no point in this did I ever expect anyone to watch it. This is over two hours. <laughs> <laughs> is,
0: so don't give me shit about flesh and bone. I did the, I'm basically the Jesus of the show this week because this <laughs> has the production quality of pornography and is At and,
3: best. and and I mean, pornography is a step up from this movie
0: and uh, here's a little bit of this for you. Let's see how this if it can help you explain the plot of this. Jacob Marley is not yet finished with Ebenezer Scrooge. In his next Christmas, Scrooge finds himself in a strange new world. Uh, it's not a bad premise, It's, but it is also why you should never make an edit. To enjoy a Christmas carol, you have to think Scrooge gets better forever. That he doesn't go back to being... Ebenezer Scrooge, that he's mm-hmm. partnered with Marley. And thankfully, this movie does this. Instead, he is shot forward in time to tend to Tiny Tim's great, 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 great grandson <laughs> in 2013, who is a little crotchety and uh, foreclosing on this little coffee house. And so, not a terrible premise. But now, imagine a Christmas carol was about Jacob Marley trying to find Scrooge and getting lost for 140 minutes. That's what this movie is. And it's all, it is all really bad future. Like I'm in the future jokes and he can't find the person he's looking for. He's paying for things in old, (laughs) old British pounds.
1: Do you know how much that is worth? A crown. Try $2,000. Pounds. (gasps) Oh, That
3: is ridiculous!
1: That's not what eBay says. I should like to have a talk with this, mister EBay. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, this was excruciating. Enough to where I wanted to make you suffer a little bit as, as did I. Uh Scrooge doesn't talk to the target of What the fuck? <laughs> All he's trying to do is make this banker, this, uh, oh, Mar- not Marley, uh, Cratchit. Uh, it's Cratchit's great, 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 great grandson. And and instead, you're delighted with multiple montages of Ebenezer Scrooge trying to catch up on 170 years. They go buy him a cell phone. He's ordering coffee. A medium, dark roast, organic, two shot, skinny vanilla macchiato to go. What
2: did you order?
3: Madam. I have no idea.
2: You're hanging out at a social event where there is food being consumed.
1: I'm grilling and chilling.
2: <laughs> Good. Um, you just made a mistake. So what do you say? My bad. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs>
1: um Okay, I show you my very cool Christmas presents. Nice What Now you're talking. <laughs> I'm stoked.
0: I was... I was so miserable. Ah. I was so miserable with that those awful jokes in the Mr. Show Orchestra, really doing extra <laughs> heavy lifting there. This movie is terrible. And Diana, I want to make yeah. this so much better and worse for you. Oh, no. Because I like who made this? Why is this on YouTube for free with several scenes <laughs> muted for music? How do you think Uncle Scrooge gets to the heart of? Of the great great grandson of Tiny Tim, who by the way was cured in this, it like that's it takes place, it starts a year after a Christmas carol.
2: Tiny Tim was cured, C-
0: cured, and now
2: has descendants.
0: His descendants, how is how does Scrooge reach through to his miserly great great grandson of Bob Cratchit? It's
3: 2013.
0: 2013. Text.
2: <laughs> so, emojis turkey emojis if
0: you were wondering like me who made this the answer not revealed up front is jesus this Uh... means this is (laughs) this is a christian production that they're not fucking clear on (laughs) until like 90 minutes in and people are like what are we gonna do and like i think we should pray and they just show people praying without saying anything and then Jesus Jesus is what fixes everything I'm not what? sure what Chris what Christmas entertainment could do less for you Diane <laughs> it's already annoying if the answer is it's not even Santa it's Jesus and Jesus doesn't come out and do anything magic even Santa has magic no. <laughs> it's believing in Jesus. I hate okay. I hate you JR for putting this in the dock. This is all your fault.
3: <laughs> all your fault.
1: <laughs> it was a pl- See this yeah. is all secret
3: plan to get Chris <laughs> to start hating Christmas I, so that he will be visited by three ghosts.
1: I <laughs> hate Christmas.
3: Oh, but they're all bad ghosts. It's Johnny Cochran and <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, no, you got to get one ghost from 1993, one ghost from 2003, <laughs> and one ghost from 2013. I've just been visited by River Phoenix.
0: And, oh,
2: no. <laughs> and what? it was really sad. It was,
0: but I get to talk to him. You guys don't, because you don't get to have an epiphany during the holidays. <laughs> nah. uh, moving on to games of 2013, Call of Duty Ghosts, the official timer like, I'm not going to keep up with this anymore. And I have been on and off
3: ever since. As I understand, this is the Call of Duty that's most hated by fans. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the one that you will see the four-hour YouTube video. Why does this suck?
0: I think that's people reaching, because it's the exact same Call of Duty. I think it's just like, you're paying $60 plus $40 for extra content every 11 months for this. It's the same thing over and over again. Now, you know Uh, how to survive is on PS3 and state of decay hits PCs. Um, I think it was on Xbox already. And risk of rain is out. And that is almost it for the show. We're having to expedite this a little bit. Patreon.com slash laser time is how you can support us. We have a bunch of extra content for you with me, Jr. Diana and more over a hundred movie commentaries, over a hundred podcasts featuring past, present and future guests of this show. Uh, video game stuff 80s in depth got a vacation episode up for you now uh five bucks is all we ask more or less is fine but the point is to give it's the christmas season after all i hate christmas i'm gonna do both uh die where can folks find you at
2: Uh, you can find me right now on the blue sky at listening nerd l-e-c-i-n-e-n-e-r-d uh coming up next week ah we got some good ones man next week uh well first of all every time we have a brian de palma movie i have to say i don't like brian de palma movies oh shit except for this one mm. because we're gonna get old style frantic pacino mm. running around getting sweaty old serpico style pacino right. uh and sean penn's gonna be there to help him oh, uh, we also have one of the worst versions of three musketeers of all time <laughs> it can go fuck itself i I'm can't imagine what you mean it, we, we,
0: is it the one with a great soundtrack
2: Oh, oh yes, yeah. obviously. When I love a woman, I really, 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 really love a woman. Um, but we have to talk about a Barbenheimer situation. <laughs> because we talked about a whole bunch of people that we're going to be seeing again next week. Uh, we got Peter Weir. We got uh, Richard Curtis. We got uh, Chua Jalodeo for next week. Master and love the far side of the actually
3: oh my god oh my gosh
2: the internet's favorite movie that it has rediscovered because they're a bunch of perverts who love it when it's 1805 and the seas are now battlefields and also your girlfriend's favorite christmas movie and also chris the looney tunes
0: yeah wait what i don't know they're back in action oh fantastic that's an amazon purchase i won't regret I can...
2: Yeah, <laughs> 2003 and... is fucking insane. Next week, I'm so happy.
3: If that wasn't enough, it's we're not... also going to see Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, and Christina Aguilera all make their debut at the same time.
0: Wow! Is it, is,
3: wow! All right. Uh, the South Park folks will eat at Casa Bonita in one oh. decade, <laughs> and tackle Game of Thrones in the next decade. Hmm. It's also Time for the Sands of Time.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: And the eighth generation of console video game begins. Yay.
0: I mm. was there,
3: man. But with that other way, die, who died? Oh,
2: man. We lost <laughs> we some interesting folks. In 1993, we lost Leon Theremin, also known as Lev Theremin. He is famous for two things one you all need to like look up a youtube video about the great seal bug where the the soviets presented the ambassador from the us this big beautiful carved seal of the us inside they did not know there was a listening device that only worked if you shot a radio beam at it so it had no batteries no wires nothing it was developed by leon theremin it's a listening device that no one, for something like 30 years, they did not know that uh, the Soviets had bugged them because he was a brilliant inventor. But more importantly, he invented the in, the musical instrument that bears his name, the theremin, which I want to learn how to play, but learning how to play it's it, expensive. I will annoy everyone because it is one of the only things that you don't touch it to play it. Mm-hmm. It is a it's a feedback, electric. it's electrical feedback that you move your arms around. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, yes, you do think about science fiction. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Ooh. And uh I think the the biggest hit that has a theremin is Beach Boys Good Vibrations.
2: Definitely. Yeah. It's makes it so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh but see look up Leon Theremin. The his inventions are pretty fucking nuts. Uh but then in 2003 we lost Bobby Hatfield, who's one of the Righteous Brothers, who's only 63 that sucks. Mm-hmm. He lost that love and feeling, didn't he? <laughs>
1: no. and his heart.
2: And then and then we lost Art Carney who is 85. So, uh popped up in a million billion movies, best known for The Honeymooners where my god his physical comedy is amazing.
0: And he won an Oscar like uh shit like did. and during one period we talked about on 30, 2010, it was interesting. Uh won an yep. Oscar really late in his life.
3: Uh but mm-hmm. the the guy the basis for Barney Rubble? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yep. oh, and with deaths comes the. B- 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 b-
1: oh, bud- Alright. Yes.
3: You 100% know this guy. I don't know if you know his name. So if neither of you can guess his name, that is completely on me. Okay? But you know it, him. Okay. Alright.
2: Is All it right. is it like a
3: hey it's that guy? It's a total hey it's that guy. Okay. It is okay. the, like just right. hey, 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 it's that guy. Bill Cosby. Uh, okay. <laughs> still, still, said, hey, hey, times.
2: still alive. Still
1: alive. Okay. Turning
3: eighty. Oh. Born November twelfth, nineteen forty-three, in New York, to a Jewish family. His father was a journalist. And he graduated from Harvard University, after which he traveled to India to as an English teacher on a full bright program. Indiana Jones. Huh? No. Oh. I'm gonna start out with his voice work. Oh, okay. Not what he's probably most well known for, but you have seen and heard him the most in these. He voices Rex. In Toy Story, Mr. Boss's oh, boss on oh. The Incredibles. Wallace Shawn. <laughs> Wallace Shawn. Wallace I didn't know that name.
0: Inconceivable.
3: Inconceivable. <laughs> Inconceivable. He's the principal in a goofy movie, a character of himself in BoJack Horseman. He His film roles include My Dinner with Andre, The Princess Bride, Clueless. And uh, Star Trek Nine when he played uh, Grand Negus Zek. Easy, easy. <laughs>
2: now, come on. Now, my dinner with Andre, yes. that would have been cheating because there's only two people in it. Yes. And I forget the other guy's it's name. Not, I don't know the so other guy's
3: I, name. That's why I started with <laughs> voice acting. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rex's Pool Party. What? Give that a watch tonight. A great Toy Story short that time might forget. Not to be confused
3: with the Toy Story Time Forgot, which is forgettable rex's yeah. pool party so both of you knew his name because yeah. i was like i came across that name and i was like i have no idea who this is click
2: oh hello yep
3: uh
0: yeah
2: every, i think he's he's like i mean ton of people hits a hey it's that guy every,
0: yeah. everybody in princess bridewood <laughs> they were kind of my first ninja turtles okay <laughs> i not know everybody's name they're all the best great foursome yep. uh, Yeah. yeah
2: fulbright scholar good
0: for him I'm trying to why, but I didn't know his name I knew his name before Toy Story I'm trying to remember from what anyway mm-hmm. anyway point is I won again <laughs> 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 because I uh, can't delete unnecessary portions of my brain data uh, don't be mm-hmm. like me but uh, watch 12 Years a Slave do that no. um, that's your assignment this week you can do it before you go to patreon.com slash laser time and donate five dollars to the cause, baby. Because this is a long one. Holy shit. Mm. Uh, but uh yeah, with that out of the way, thank you guys so much for listening. Diana, what are we closing out with?
2: Well, it's thirtieth anniversary of uh Wu Tang Clan. Mm. It was it thirty six chambers? So we we gotta go and protect you, NAC.
0: It 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 has been
2: It's one of the old Hebrew songs I know.
0: (laughs) I love this album. It has been 20 years since I've been able to listen to it because how much play it... It was like the story, the soundtrack to multiple phases of my life to the point where like, I cannot hear this again. I cannot hear this again. But it's... Who knows? Maybe it's ready to be revisited from a guy who doesn't really listen to music. Uh, But Protection Act by the Wu-Tang Clan, pretty unforgettable. Not many other bands have a Hulu miniseries about them. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, Wu-Tang Clan, baby. Throw it up. We'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Come on.
0: Baby Watch come on, baby, Watch come on, baby, baby, Watch come you on. Oh, oh, oh. Yo, the best of check your that.